Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, we certainly did. Uh, and before we get on to today's guests, let's get to today's sponsors. First off, Carly Claus and the team over at Windsor Plywood, builders of the podcast studio table. Of course, if you ever make it to uh, see inside the studio, you're going to see this handy piece of work. I mean, it is absolutely gorgeous. And if you're looking to get a river table uh, built for you or, uh, you know, or you want a cool slab of wood that's got some serious character to it, I say stop into the team over at Windsor Plywood. Uh, whether we're talking mantles, decks, do- uh, windows, doors, or sheds, uh, these are the folks go to go see. And if you want to take a peek at see and see what they're doing, hop on their Instagram page, do a little creeping, creeping, and just, uh, you know, you can see their handiwork in action. Or give them a call, 780-875-9663. Trophy Gallery Downtown Lloydminster is Canada's supplier for crystal and glass awards. Uh, business owners, I mean, the time is growing near. Hopefully you've uh, given off uh, or, or getting close to having uh, your employees, you know, awards or uh, you know, the Christmas party spirit, maybe you got Christmas gifts going out, that type of thing. If you uh, haven't done it yet, stop in the Trophy Gallery and, and check out what they got. You can hop on, uh, just hop on trophygallery.ca. You can see all the different sizes, shapes, price ranges. And uh, Clinton and his team are excellent at making uh, your brand look sharp. And uh, your employees, et cetera, will enjoy uh, what they put together. Believe me, I, the SMP mugs are a prime example how they've made the podcast look uh, amazing. And, or if you go in the storefront, you can see some of the team memorabilia they got there, signed different things, uh, even some uh, WWE championship belts. Hey, I've been watching uh, some old <laughs> videos of The Rock with, uh, with the kids. Probably not my greatest parenting moment. Or maybe it is my greatest parenting moment. Who knows? The kids love it. And uh, you can get your uh, championship belt from Trophy Gallery. Just go to trophygallery.ca and uh, see what they're, uh, if you smell the rocks cooking, see what they're cooking with, all right? Jen Gilbert and the team for over 45 years since 1976, the dedicated realtors of Coldwell Banker, Cityside Realty, have uh, served Lloydminster and the surrounding areas. They offer star power, providing their clients with seven-day-a-week access because they know big life decisions are not made during office hours. That's Coldwell Banker, Cityside Realty, for everything real estate. I heard Jen Gilbert was on call this weekend, probably still had those broken ribs because she's a trooper. So 24 hours a day, seven days a week, broken ribs or not, give them a call, 780-875-3343. Mortgage broker Jill Fisher, obviously her name says it all. She proudly serves the areas of Lloydminster, Bonneville, Cold Lake, and Vermilion. She's looking forward to working with you for all your mortgage needs. If you're sitting there going, mortgage rates, I got no clue. Don't worry, I got no clue either. That's why you uh, call Jill Fisher at 780-872-2914 or you visit her at jfisher.ca. She will clear it all up. And most likely, save you some big bucks. I suggest doing it, uh, especially if you are sitting there going, what on earth am I talking about? You're looking for a house. You're buying a house. You're uh, renewing a mortgage. jfisher.ca. She'll help you all out. Clay Smiley and the team over at Profit River, of course, they are moving into their new building. I've got some tours of it. They sent a new message here a couple days ago just saying finishing touches in the new building are being done throughout the showroom, offices, and warehouse, and they're hoping to be in the new location sometime early January. So mark your calendar because uh, they're going to have some special event days with brand reps in store and lots of giveaways. 
And uh, I'm excited. You know, the, the the sign is up. The Prophet River is glowing if you uh, drive by. And uh, they're going to be in a pretty fancy little spot there. I'm looking forward to seeing what they've finished, the finished product. I've seen what uh, it looks like right now, but that's good. You know, when, you, when you're working and the dust and everything settle, I'm looking to see what the finished product looks like. And I think you're going to want to see it as well. And, of course, if you're going profit, well, what is that? Well, they specialize in importing firearms in the United States of America. So if you're importing, go to ProfitRiver.com uh, and they'll take care of everything. If you're in Lloyd or around the area, you want to grab a gun, ammunition, accessories, etc. Stop in and see them very shortly here in a couple of weeks. They should be at their new spot, but uh, stop in and see them or just visit the website ProfitRiver.com. If you're looking for outdoor signage, the team over at Read and Write, of course, they, uh, they've They've with the podcast, they've made me look sharp. Just give them a call, 306-825-5111 if you're looking for any outdoor signage. And Gartner Management is a Lloydminster-based company specializing in all types of rental properties to help meet your needs. There's currently 1,800 square feet of open uh, space here in the building, whether you're looking for a single office or you have multiple employees, need multiple offices. He's got a lot of different things that can work for you. Give him a call, 780-808-5025. And if you're Heading into any of these businesses, let them know you heard about them from the podcast, right? Now, let's get on to that T-Bar 1 tale of the tape. Originally from Tufnell, Saskatchewan, Dixon DeLorme, better known as Quick Dick McDick. He's a YouTube sensation, telling it like it is. So buckle up, here we go. This is Quick Dick McDick from Tufnell, Saskatchewan, and you are listening to the one and only Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Mr. Quick, QDM, the Quick Dick McDick. You all know him. I mean, this is your fifth appointment on this show, so... Is this uh, number five? Yeah, welcome back. Shit, right on, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, was, I, I know I can say shit right on because we're on the Sean Newman podcast. Let's get things going. Sorry, mom. Yeah, sorry. We're gonna talk. <laughs> I had a I had a lady uh, suggest um, Andy Frizzella. I don't know if you know who that is. It doesn't matter. He he swears yeah. a lot, and okay. I was like, oh yeah, it'd be a ton of fun. And the first thing she says, but you'll have to apologize right at the start to your mom. I'm like, yeah, probably <laughs> you're, you're probably right, right? Like, fuck. <laughs> I thought that was part of the course. Isn't that just what we do or what? <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much, pretty much. How things been, man? The last time I was saying this, I had, I had twos on the, the, the podcast. Jeez. I don't know what that was uh, a few weeks I, ago. I, anyways. I caught, I caught it. Actually. It, I'm so behind on everything. It took me a little while, but like I saw that you twos were on. I was like, I got to catch that episode or whatever. And I was like, I was driving and I was like, I got to catch it and see what the boys were up to there. See, I was good. It was a good. Listen. Well, did you like his bundle of wood uh, uh, sneak in there? <laughs> you know, see, we're... I, like I thought that was common knowledge to everybody. I just like I kind of remember that kind of being a way that you would get out of uh, of saying certain st- words. Look in, at me. School, I still have right? a hard time saying it. I'm just like, uh. <laughs> I was at a dinner party the other night and I threw it out there and everyone was like, I was like completely what? offended. And then yeah. and, and then I was like, this is why. And they're like, oh, Explain it. yeah, oh. I wonder how that got to be so derogatory. I'm like, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. You know at Big Mustache Ventures here uh, north of Tufnell, Saskatchewan, we actually started putting wood in old crates uh, that used to be totes just to avoid that whole topic. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're very woke north of Tufnell. <laughs> 
You know, speaking of uh, words, did you see the CBC article uh, a few weeks back uh, about not using certain uh, terms? I I think I started uh, reading the title and then decided not to read it because I was like, this is just going to be a complete waste of my time. (laughs) Well, well, one of one of the one of the words was brainstorm. Brainstorm is a word we shouldn't use. Oh, what's what's the replacement for it? I, I don't know. I was hoping you mind could weather event. Is that what we have to call it? Let's ha- let's all sit together and have a mind weather event. Let's have a mind atmospheric river. <laughs> let's have a mind Alberta clipper. I don't know, man. Yeah, it might be a good shirt, good, doesn't it? It might be hey? a good. It might be a good shirt for you. <laughs> New merch ideas coming in hot. It's time for a mind atmospheric river. Well, yeah. the la- the last time we sat was when we did the bike trip, and uh, we did it from Shit, man. Yeah, so yeah. like we're we're almost ready to put ice in the Tufnell rink right now. We don't start till January. It's that's that's just it. That's when you start or whatever, right? So uh, you don't, don't tell ice, anyone man. at the Tufnell curling rink. But I've been kind of cheating on them a little bit, and I've been curling a little bit in Foam Lake as a sub on people's teams. If they curl like past eight PM, I can actually make it. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, I'm uh, my lead game is strong. I've got a really good guard weight, and uh, you know I can draw pretty close to the eight foot. Uh, not bad. I'm, I'm getting in there, man. Yeah, I suck at curling. Like I do too. It's okay. Like, <laughs> I think, but curling's the one sport you just don't have to be good at. As long as you drink while you're doing it, it it's going to be just fine. I'm not one of those guys that like commentates and oh, we're going to the guard free zone, and if you can just bring it into the forefoot and this and that and that. And I'm just like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I can throw opposite turn to the way you're holding your hand out and try and put it in a general area of where you're at. And the worst that ever happens is if you hog it and don't get it over the hog line, you just got to buy everybody a drink. Which let's be honest, I was probably going to buy everybody a drink anyways. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm I'm going to be the drunk guy that you still don't want on your team. You're like. That guy, that guy can't even figure out which way to throw the rock, let alone yeah. slide, let alone get the thing <laughs> on his foot the right way. Let alone okay. was sweeping, he's sweeping off the ends, and we're like, "What, what are you doing?" Okay, but have you seen the guys that that have the push stick now that you curl with? So, which is it's it's a great invention. So it's for like older people and maybe some people that are a little overweight that can't get down and actually throw the rock. It's like a stick that you can throw the rock with standing up. And I'm just against it because I'm like, what, when did this turn into shuffleboard on a cruise ship? You know what I mean? This is curling, like at least get in the hacks and, and two foot in the hacks if you have to, you know what I mean? But for knee injuries and a few different things, it makes everybody included. So that's good, I guess. Daryl, if you're listening, sorry, I'm busting your balls a little bit. I can't wait to use this stick and we're going to have quick dick down, have a, a game of curling. I'm going to come rolling out. Half. Could we call it the quick dick stick? Is that where we would be at or what? I don't know if I should be using the quick dick <laughs> I didn't invent it, so I should not be responsible for for actually looking after it. So, bashing your own stick, yeah, we're getting into some really weird territory here. <laughs> you know what? With the name Dick, it's just everything turns into a, everything's a dick joke. Every selfie's a dick pic. It's uh, yeah, it's just kind of the way it goes. You know what I mean? Did you ever? Do you regret? Uh, do you regret the game name at all? Now that you're like, you know, I don't know how many years yeah. were you into this now? Uh, like, man, uh, what? So it'd be like a solid two years now, I guess. But uh, no, I don't. I mean, it's just, it, it's endless jokes basically is what it is that you can run off of it kind of thing. And uh, <laughs> it's super funny. Cause like, I've kind of got on the road a little bit in the last little while and uh, you wind up like hanging out with one of your buddies and say like uh, I was at the, in the breeders barns at Agribition there or whatever. And I'm hanging out with one of my buddies and, 
And he expects because he knows who I am and, and thinks I'm kind of a big deal, which is not the case at all. He, he, he expects everybody else on planet earth should know who I am. Right. And he'd be like, do, do, do you know, do you know who you're talking to right now? And I'm like, Evan, don't, man, just don't do it. He's like, you're talking, you're, you're talking to quick Dick McDick. Listen, if they don't know who I am, telling them my name is not going to make it any better. You know what I mean? Like, no, we have no idea who you are. And now that your name's quick Dick McDick, I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. What the fuck did you just say? You know I mean? So no, I don't regret it at all. It's uh, it's, it's fun, man. Uh, you know, probably the best part about that bike trip was telling people we're going to Tufnell, Saskatchewan. Half the people still who bike to you still don't know where it is. Still have no <laughs> idea where we went. And then the other thing was like telling people, well, what are you doing in Tufnell? Oh, we're going to see a guy named Quick Dick McDick. And they're like, like the, the, the look on the face was, like, yeah, that's price. price, I'm, price I'm sorry. Did you just have a seizure when you were trying yeah. to tell me who you're going to see? Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's how it works most of the time. Uh, and there's been another thing is when uh, <laughs> apparently people want to like take pictures with me, which I've, I've actually gotten comfortable with kind of thing or whatever. I'm like, yeah, no big deal. I'll picture. Let's do a picture kind of thing or whatever. But uh, I, I've noticed there's people that are, are shy about asking to come for a picture. Right. And I don't want people to feel <laughs> intimidated when they meet me because there's no reason for it. I, I don't know if you know or not. I'm a pretty friendly guy. I get along with pretty much anybody. Right. So I've started like picking people out of the crowd. Be like, you can see they want a picture, but they won't come and ask. Be like, do you want a picture? And they'll be like, yes, I want a picture. And they'll come up and take a picture. But then there's that 1% of people that I'm picking up the wrong vibe off of and they have no idea who I am and they don't want a picture. And I'm like, hey, hey you want a picture with me? And they're like, no, why the fuck would I want to picture you? I'm like, never mind. Uh, let's just forget I asked the question because you then you don't go and introduce yourself. Well, I'm I'm this guy. I'm named Quick Dick, and I'm like, if they don't know, just just be like, oh, sorry, I guess I misread that one. And you probably think that I have a van outside that says free candy and whatever. Right? So, Quick Dick. So there's things that happen, right? Quick Dick the pedo. I mean, it kind of <laughs> it kind of fits a little bit with the name. I'm not gonna lie. It, it, it might actually. And I guess some people call my beard icky too. You know what I mean? So maybe, I don't know if the shoe fits wear it, I guess. I don't know. You know, <laughs> maybe I should condition and straighten it a little more. Right. What are you drinking again? You're drinking vodka uh, waters, vodka water tonight. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know what? I get less of a hangover off vodka water, man. Um, I, I don't know why. And you know, there's days where I'm just like, yeah, I'll crush a beer. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But if I'm just like sitting down and I'm going to drink, I, I, I just kind of switched on to the vodka water thing. And it, what, maybe I'm getting old and I just need to drink more water with what I drink. I mean, there's Most lots likely. of water in beer. So I'm always like, Hey, I'm drinking beer. I'm drinking. I mean, you know, at least 75% water kind of thing, but. Well, I'm stealing the last of two's Bohemian, so they taste rather <laughs> nice. And, and somewhere, somewhere he's listening and pounding the dash going, you bastard. So, so for the record, um, I'm not shocked that twos would stroll in with Bo. You know what I mean? And, and that's not a derogatory slam against him or whatever. I knew that he was always that high caliber of kind of guy that would roll in with Bo. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that says something. You roll in with Bo or old Vienna, anything other than great Western, of course, and you roll in with that. I mean, you're like, damn, yeah, you're kind of a high class on bitch, aren't you? You know what I mean? Yeah, real high had, class. Yeah, I had my questions about twos. And then after he rolled in with Bo, I was like, yeah, I don't think I got any questions left. Yeah, should be good. <laughs> you know, on a on a completely different note, uh, you're making, you know, Sunday nights. Sunday nights has been a pretty big deal in my household. Oh, it's a little Kevin Costner, a little Yellowstone. 
Yellowstone. It's a Yellowstone night. That's right, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm like not one of the fanboys that's like waiting for it to drop and I'm watching it live as it comes out. It'll usually be like three days later. I'll be like, what the fuck day is it? It's Wednesday. Oh, shit. There should be Yellowstone out or whatever kind of thing, right? There's, like a craze. There's a craze on that show, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I feel like so it's kind of like there's the drama part of it that's pretty good, okay, and there's some action and everything. But uh, Yellowstone is like uh, it. Yellowstone is to ranchers as ice road truckers is to actual commercial truck drivers. You know what I mean? Did I just use a simile? I think that's what I just used. Yes, you did. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been to English 30A or whatever it's called. But yeah, there's some stuff on that show where you watch it go on. You're just like, yeah, no, but it's still a cool show and it's Kevin Costner or whatever. And, you know, Rip's got some pretty good one-liners and Beth is, she's something too, or whatever. You know what I mean? She's Beth. I, I, I noticed there's a, a lot less, uh, a lot less skin scenes with her in like the new series or whatever. So maybe she drew some lines in the sand kind of thing. I don't know what went on there, but uh, all in all pretty good show, but I mean, there's a lot of hype over it. And I'm like, you know, when, when I saw you guys uh, all over Twitter talking about uh, cutting the fence to get the calf back in, <laughs> I was like, ah, come on, just like live, you know, just let the show be the show. And then I started thinking about, uh, I mean, this is, this is a kid show, but Mighty Ducks had their TV show come on, right? Hockey show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched like, you know, they had Gordon Bombay come back in like the coach from, you know, Emilio Estevez. And I was like, oh, sweet. Right. Like this is going to be awesome. And then like they picked a bunch of kids that couldn't skate, like literally couldn't skate. And I'm like, the show's about a ho- a group of hockey players. And I'm like, I just don't get it. Like, here yeah. you got this great idea. I think it can fly. You know, I think it can fly. I think it would be a decent show. Me and I asked like fly back, in a in a, in a v v formation. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, and they got some good characters, but none of them could skate. You could tell it. You're just like, yeah. You're like, this is all wrong. There's absolutely nothing right well, here. Yeah, yeah. So when it, I saw, when I put myself in that position, I'm like, well, at least with Costner and Rip and Beth, you got a pretty good mixture of like, all right, well, we got something here, right? Yeah. Even though they're doing things that ranchers go, we would never do that. That's stupid. Like like straight up, and so be it. And you know what? I think it's cool that uh, that there's a show out there that's got people into like watching stuff about ranching and whatnot. If anyone out there is listening that uh, that doesn't really know what happens on ranches, which I assume there's not or whatever, but I mean, we're usually not running around with a bunch of fully automatic weapons and everything too. Like they've got on there, you can't get them in Canada, anyways. You know what I mean? But uh, it's like- just funny. There's this one scene where somebody drives up and and rips rip goes to that stay right here and he's gonna go out and see who it is. And then all of a sudden you got him with this like with this uh, SWAT style assault shotgun with the with the. <laughs> the tactical light on it and everything i'm like holy shit like where did this guy get this shit right yeah it's- the wife the, the wife's eyes almost popped out of her head when they were jerking the horse off like <laughs> like collected semen i was fucking dying laughing because i'm like well that's you know the, they do that the thing about that is like that was the one part on it. i'm like well that's not really that far off of what actually happens when they're collecting semen from a stud you know what i mean yeah uh, I was actually shocked that uh, that they got Jimmy in there. Uh, I don't know what his actually, name is. An yeah, actor, actually got, actually him, in got him in there grabbing a hold of this horse's weapon. I was like, shit, that's a commitment to acting right there. If you're not into that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? You know, but like when he does his when he does his resume, 
And it's like, what have you done? One of it is going to be jerking off a horse, right? Like, like I literally collected semen. Like that's There's, what I did. I, I think it would be very important to put that into context though. Cause like it, you know, well, Fair. did you jerk off Fair. a horse on stage in Mexico somewhere or did you? You know, I mean, like there's, there's a few different ways, I guess, that you could uh, go about something like that. But uh, yeah, it was, it, it, it was pretty good, but I, I've never actually been uh, in that situation where immediately following the event, uh, the, the lady that was heading it all up actually tried to ask me for a date afterwards. But I mean, I guess a guy can always dream, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that, that was happens. odd. That was odd timing as well. But yeah, uh, but, but I mean, you know, I guess if that's the only single person that's around kind of thing, you just got to do what you can. I mean, I can relate in Tahoe. I mean, they're not a single. How people. many, how many times you sent your resume into Yellowstone hoping to get a guest appearance just to be like the. Never. I, I don't think I was ever made for the big screen, more like the like phone size screen kind of thing or whatever. I actually, I don't even think I was made for that to be perfectly honest. <laughs> but, uh no, like, I mean, it's, it, it's cool what they do, but I mean, it's still the same thing. Like you even watch, like, if you've watched like license to drill and, and ice road truckers and all these other reality shows or whatever, you're just like, yeah. I feel like they could write you in as the dumb Canadian, you know, like how they always have the dumb Canadian who just yeah. says something stupid. And you're like, why do they got to make yeah. us sound so stupid? You know what? It's just, it, and I'm it's, not saying you're stupid. I'm just saying they could write you in because you kind of you have apart. actually hurt me deeper than I've ever been hurt, Sean. <laughs> actually, uh, you, but you know me well enough to know that I only have one feeling and that you can't really hurt it. It's a tough one to poke at pretty hard. <laughs> but uh, no, it's cool that everybody's kind of kind of watching it and and doing their thing, and it's it's neat to see you know some ranching and western shows if that's what you want to call it. Get going. I was uh, I was a huge fan of Hell on Wheels. Did you ever see Hell on Wheels? Yeah. It was, it was so good. And like, I mean, I can imagine if there was some guy from the 1800s that was watching that being like, that's not what it was like when we were building the railroad, you know what I mean? But then, I mean, he would have to have found a time machine and come back to when they had cinematography and, and motion pictures and stuff like that too. So Anson Mount, or sorry, Anson Mount, Anson Mount and Common are probably pretty safe from criticism with that show because it's probably not a lot of people alive that actually helped build the railroad left. You know what I mean? That was actually a really good show. It was. It was so good. And like, uh, there's not a lot of shows that I get like, you know, hooked on. And it, it was good. But like, I like, I like Westerns. It, did Twos tell you he was in that? What? Twos made an appearance in Hell on Wheels. How the hell? Twos, you're listening right now. I know you are. <laughs> I'm pissed. How hasn't that come up? <laughs> So I, so uh, like, I get, I get full creds. Uh, we had an exchange on uh, DMs and Twitter, like when I was first kind of came across twos and uh, somehow hell on wheels came up and he's like, Oh, you like hell on wheels. And uh, I mean, I won't give the story away. I'll let him tell it, but uh, yeah, man, twos is on film in hell on wheels. He's kind of like and this I, man, I of mist, man of mystery, yeah. eh? I know, right? And so I guess I can't actually tell you what scene and where he was or who he was because then it would give away his Clark Kent identity that he's trying to keep secret. <laughs> um, you remember yeah. when you anyway. remember when you were doing that? You didn't want to give away your name. Yeah, and you, but you know what? It, like it didn't last that long um, because it was uh, it was it was pretty early when I had things going on and I got on. Uh, I was in studio with uh, with Gormley. Um, I was just passing through Saskatoon and I was like, uh, Hey, you, you always said to look, yep. If I was coming through Saskatoon, I'm coming through Saskatoon. He's like, do you want to jump on the show? It's like, sure. 
so I whipped in the studio and jumped on the show and like we kind of didn't really know each other that well and uh, I go walk into the studio and he's like, hey, so how are we going to manage this? And and I was like, oh, no, like open book. Like we go, my name, Dixon Delarm, da, da, da. Like, and he's, it was like a sigh of relief for him almost kind of thing or whatever. But it's, I've, I've never really carried it much farther past the point of when this first started or whatever is. I just wanted to make sure that everybody in, in my family and whatnot knew what I was up to and that everybody was comfortable with what I was doing before. I was like, hey, this is who I am because to be perfectly honest, if people really want to know who you are, they're going to find out anyways, right? Like it's, it, it, you can't really keep a lot of stuff perfectly secret with the day and age that we live in kind of thing, right? I, Especially uh, when you're doing weekly videos that talk about where you're from over and over and over and over and over and over Eventually you can just go to the Tufno post office and talk to the postmistress there and she's going to let you know who I am, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I really don't worry too much about it anymore now. And it's kind of a, it's, it's a, it's a kind of a funner part of the story actually is what I've started doing with a lot of things that I wind up doing live or, you know, zoom stuff into different places. I'll actually, you know, tell the story of how it all started and, and kind of how it turned into what it is kind of thing. And everyone's always like, where are you headed with it? What's your end point? And I'm like, well, I guess I don't really have an end point. I'd say there's a moderate roadmap that I'm kind of bouncing along kind of thing or whatever. But as far as an end point, I, I don't really have one, I guess. You know what I mean? Main goals, just keep people laughing and just kind of go from well, there. You know what I mean? Well, we're in, we're in strange, it, me and you, uh, I, I think I've said this on multiple, you know, if I should have, you know, normally I get people introduce themselves, but you've been on here so much. I just assume the audience knows who you are, but like <laughs> if people really want to get a feel for, uh, our friendship and how it's grown, just go back to seven episode 72, 104, 151, 180, and now I believe it's 227. Holy so kinda, shit, man. You kind of get you. yeah, you kind of get a feel, you can get a feel for how things have kind of moved along, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think the coolest thing uh that uh that I mean probably you know progressed you and I getting to know each other and being pretty good friends was was the bike for breakfast thing. Um, and it was just, it was, it was super fun, but we'd known each other for quite a while at that point in time. And that was like the first time like, was that we'd ever actually met in person, which is pretty crazy. And that's been a very cool thing about, you know, what's been happening, uh, with a lot of different things that I've been doing lately is actually, you know, meeting people in person. And it's a little bit of a reality check, I think, uh, to, uh, go from like, you know, not per se knowing somebody online. Cause I don't really know a lot of people online there's a lot of names and usernames and stuff to try and keep track of, which I mean, I'm, I can't keep track of myself most of the time. Um, but to try and keep track of them and then you have kind of certain interactions, there's a handful of people, you know, online or on social media that you'll be like, okay, I like, I know who this person is. And when you meet him in real life, you're like, Oh, a good example would be Dan Cugnet that I met and, uh, Rob Stone, um, uh, Tanya Cugnan, a few people that I met at Agribition or whatever, like they're people that when I meet them, I'm like, I know who they are online and I'm not trying to sound like a pompous asshole or whatever kind of thing, but I like have a bigger following on a lot of well, places. It's hard, it's hard to keep track of who's who, you know what I mean? Well, you got um, a bigger, you got a bigger following than me online uh, by far, <laughs> but I still, I still run into people like yourself. And now twos, like I met twos in person. And I mean, yeah. geez, I sound like I'm doing a promo for twos. I'm going to stop right now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, enough, enough uh, free riding for twos here. That's right. But I mean, the, 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 it's, it's a weird world, uh, online. Everything's going more online. And what I was going to say yeah. is, you know, after the last time, um, we sat down, I was looking back, you know, 
I do this every time you come on. I, I kind of go like, okay, so where were we at? What did we talk about? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that bike trip. And then what's happened since then? And like, I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know in the last, I don't even know what it was. That was June. So what, what does that put us at? Six months almost. Yeah. I guess since we, we you know, lots, has, <clears throat> lots has gone on. Lots has changed, you know? Yeah. Um, I was just listening to, uh, I was just listening to Premier Mo on Friday talking about booster shots again. And I know yeah. I, I said this to you probably a month and a half ago. Well, let's not talk about COVID. And yet, fuck, here I am. And it's just like, it's no more, no matter where we go, it just comes up. Yeah. Well, like, what, and straight up, and you know the gay guy, like, I've told you this before, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about anything. I don't give a shit. You know I know I mean? you do. Okay. Well, I'm curious, Q, because I like your brain. I like the way you think. Obviously, Careful. multiple times you've come on, right? Yeah. I like how you're using humor and everything else. What do you think about the booster shots? Because in the beginning, and I, I'm just going to just, the one conversation we had offline I wish we would have had online way back. I was driving and we were talking about the vaccine. I was, what was I doing? I was hauling hay, wasn't I? Yeah. And I was yeah, heading out to you were driving, yeah. yeah. And we were talking about it. And that's one of my, geez, we should have put that online. Cause it was a really good conversation. Yeah, man. Two very different views yeah. on the same subject. Yeah. Now here think, we sit yeah. six months later and they're saying three months after you get your vaccines, you're eligible for a booster again. Yeah. What's your brain yeah. thought on that? I mean, eligible for it, right? I mean, they're not saying, hey, everybody go out and you have to go get your booster kind of thing or whatever. And I think there's a lot of people that are going to take it and be like, oh, yeah, we'll give it, you know, two months and it's going to be your vax status or whatever. And like, to, like I'll, I'll tell it to you right now. I'll tell it to everybody. Listen, I don't agree with vax passports or anything that's going on. I get the theory behind it and what's going on, but I, I, I don't agree with it. Um, but as far as the booster goes, uh, I, like there's been a lot of people I've had conversations with a lot of people on this stuff here too uh, is uh, one guy specifically was like, well, why do they call it a vaccine if it doesn't completely protect you from this or whatever? I was like, is, is the name changing of what's going on going to change your view on what's happening? If you just call it a, a shot, let's just call it a shot and not a vaccine or whatever kind of thing. Is, is that going to change your opinion? Well, no, it's not. I was like, well, then why are you focusing on the name of it? <laughs> if, if that's kind of the game, right? I like, I get it. Uh, everyone runs back through, I mean, once a year is where we're down to with a flu shot kind of thing. If that's the kind of thing that you do to try and boost your immunity and help people that are, you know, immunally compromised to a few of these things or whatever. I, I, I get it. This came out. It was never a silver bullet that was saying, Hey, you know, we're just, just going to end it. We're never going to see COVID again. If you get this, it, it, you're going to be able to carry it still. You're going to be able to transmit it still. The theory is here is we're just trying to keep everybody out of the hospital because our fucking healthcare system is shit. Right has that been fixed or is it going to be fixed throughout this? Probably not. I mean, and this is in, in no way, shape or form. I, I have full respect for all of our healthcare workers and I can't imagine having to wear all this shit that they got to wear to go to a hospital to try and protect themselves to do what they're doing kind of thing. And I'm, I just, I respect the hell out of them. You know, this, I have, I have people that are in healthcare in my family, very close family, uh, that I would, I would die for them. I love them to death, you know? Um, Booster shot. Yep. It's, if it's, if it's going to help and try and keep things going forward here, if you, if you lose your, a little bit of your capability of immunity towards this, or, uh, you have a little slight decrease in antibodies or whatever it goes on to be perfectly honest. I haven't looked into the science or the literature and a lot of this stuff in a long time, because I've just kind of shut that part of me off. Cause I'm fucking tired about hearing it. It's all you hear about when you turn on the news 
It's all you hear anybody talk about anymore. And I've started muting words on Twitter and social media. And just because I'm just, I'm just done with everybody being drunk with it. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I get it. If, if we have people that are older that you can boost their immunity and help them stay out of the hospital and, and keep their symptoms low, if it's going to work and science is saying that that's going to work, well, go fucking do it then. You know what I mean? And if you're concerned about going to do it and not going to go do it, have your reasons that you're not going to go do it. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to bash you against the wall for not doing it, you know? Yeah. I, <clears throat> I feel that uh, sentiment with a lot of people, right? Like, I think we're all tired to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just move on. But there is a segment of the population that isn't allowed anywhere, pretty much anymore, yeah. right? And you know this about <clears throat> me. I got young kids. And mm-hmm. I really, really, really... Now, this is my personal thought. And I've listened to a bunch of the FDA's uh, panel talk about uh, um, making it available to young kids. Cause I got a five, four, two, right. So obviously two of them still aren't eligible, but you can imagine it's coming. And, uh, to me, I just, I don't understand it. Like I follow along as closely, probably more closely than I should just because uh, like, you know, I got to think for them. I like got to have a good reason not to get it or to get it. In my opinion, that's, that's my own opinion. Right. And the longer this goes on, I just go like, Oh man, like when are we going to get off this train? When are we going to, you know, I had Nadine, Nadine Ness on last week and I really liked her thoughts. Cause you know, here's this, here's this, uh, pregnant lady, mother of, uh, three soon to be four, uh, former RCMP officer. And she just talked about, you know, we got to find a way to come back together as a society. Cause it's really divisive, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the vaccine versus unvaccinated is one argument. I mean, that just, I mean, rightfully so is blowing things apart because I mean, you got community ranks that won't allow people in. You got all these different places that won't allow people in. And, yeah. you know, at some point, I just don't know how to get off this train. And I keep waiting for the world to kind of get off the train, but it's not mm-hmm. it's just, you know, Omicron's yeah. the next one coming through. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I, I think, uh, I think we've, we've lost, not we've lost, but we're very slowly losing the, uh, you know what, this, this might be a segue into something a little bit different, but I'm just, I'm just going to go with it on this thought of, of, of people talking to each other. We're slowly losing the ability to be able to sit like you and I, like you and I are going to sit here and have a conversation and both of us might agree or disagree on vac- on, on vaccines or anything like that. But I mean, I know you well enough and you know me well enough that it's, it will never stop us from sitting down and crushing a beer and, and hanging out and not worrying about it because we can be open and honest about our opinions and, and where each side is coming from. And 99.9% of the time, I'm the kind of person that can sit with you. You're the kind of person that can sit with me and you can be like, yeah, yeah, fuck. I hear your side, but man, I get it. You know what I mean? That's something that's leaving society at an exponential rate. Now, a lot of it has to do as far as I'm concerned with political division, um, and, and a lot of this stuff being politicized, but I mean, that's been government from the start of time. The government's job is to, is to get themselves reelected by any means possible. And I think we saw a worse part of that from the Trudeau government in the last, I knew you were going to bring up Trudeau. <laughs> it's, it's like, you knew I was going to say Trudeau or whatever. Right. Um, and it was, it was gross and disgusting. the fact that that guy got elected with 18.2% of the eligible voting population is, is something that should concern a lot of Canadians. I actually have a really good joke in my live show about that, but, uh, 
I've always been the guy, and I really hope that people can can, can find this in themselves. Is I, I know when I'm dealing with somebody online that I'm not dealing with the real person of, of who they actually are. And uh, and case in point, I won't use their names uh, just because obviously I don't have their permission to use their names or to, or to talk about the interaction that we had. Uh, but it was at Agribition, and it was uh, it was two members of the uh, official opposition government in Saskatchewan. Uh, that nobody ever in their life would ever expect me to sit down and, and, and talk with kind of thing. And we were at the Bud Light Loading Shoot Beer Gardens. I just finished a thing with the cowboy shit guys. And uh, I was just walking by and the uh, one guy stood up and was like, hey, you know, quick dick, I am. And I was like, I finished his sentence because I knew exactly who he was. Right. And uh, he was like, yeah, he's like, I just I just wanted to tell you, I, I really enjoy some of your, some of your uploads and some of the things you do. And I was like, well, thanks. Like I appreciate some of your opinions too. And I turned around and, and he was sitting with uh, one of his colleagues and uh, she didn't expect me to know who she was. And I knew exactly who she was and I uh, called her by her, Ms. called her by her name. And uh, I sat down and had a beer with him and we had an exchange, like three regular normal human beings. We grabbed pictures with each other and uh, both of us say, you know, I don't always agree with your opinions and they don't always agree with my opinions or whatever, but all in all, we're all just humans and it's okay to disagree. Uh, it didn't stop us from sitting down and having a beer with each other and, and, and having a good time. And we, and we left on the, on the best of terms, not that we started on bad terms, but we left on great terms and it was a great exchange. And that's, that's missing from, from our world today, Sean. Uh, and, and that's been a, been a big reason why I've started to try and tune myself out from a lot of the things that are going on. I've seen some social media is probably one of the biggest things that fuels the fire on a lot of this stuff. No, social, gotten, social media is the biggest problem, but it can be really the biggest is, yeah. tool to help men. Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. I so mean, there's, there's the positives and negatives of it. Right. Um, but it's just that, that, that ability to be able to just put it, put all the, if you want to call it garbage, if you put all the garbage aside that you've seen post, because like, I'll be the first to admit, there's some stuff that I post that's just kind of garbage. It's to make people laugh. You're either going to get it or you're not. And we just go on from there kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, but that's like, that's missing. And, and I've started handling people that I deal with online with, with the, with the vision of, uh, this is not the person who they would be if I was actually sitting across the table from having a beer in real life kind of thing. And I think more people need to try and take that approach uh, when you're dealing with somebody online, there's going to be times and I'm just as guilty. There'll be times where I'll jump off and be like, no, you know what? I'm going to have a go with you on Twitter or something like that or whatever kind of thing. But eventually I'll just lose interest and mute it and go on to something else or whatever kind of thing. But it's, it's important that, that people remember, uh, you, you are dealing with a person on the other end of the screen. It's just they're kind of being a little bit of a screen warrior. And uh, that's that, that's dismantling a lot of who we are as human beings, you know? And I think you see it a lot in kids now too. When you sit with a kid and try and have a conversation with a kid, there's some that are out there. I'm not saying all of them are that way because I know some some young kids around this neck of the woods that you can sit and feels like you're having a conversation with an adult. But there's some that just can't do it and need to be on their phone and, and can't hold a conversation with you kind of thing, right? So it's, yeah, and I think... I think we're getting web like tangled up in that web uh, and, and, and COVID's kind of a thing that's, that's maybe if you want to call it the fly in the web that everybody's trying to get or that everybody's fighting over kind of thing. You're just like, Holy Lord, like we, uh, we need to go somewhere from here and it's gotta be up. I don't want to see us go any farther down. You know what I mean? Well, the thing, the thing about COVID, you know, when I think about it, I'm like, ah, I just got to stop focusing on it. Right. Like mm. it's not that hard except 
it is that hard, you know, like in one breath, it isn't that hard. And then in another breath, it is that hard because, you know, uh, to play senior hockey, right? Foam Lake Flyers ranked number seven. I know you don't care, but they are ranked they, number I seven. Heard, I heard they won last night. Uh, I heard they won last night. So haven't yeah, gone to a game? Haven't gone to hey. a game? Haven't gone to a game? Haven't done a thing on them yet? I'm waiting for you. <laughs> what if I asked you every fucking time, quick? Do something on do something on oh, hockey. Okay, already. So, but but here, like uh, like I'll be honest with you, I was actually at a at another hockey game in uh, in Kenora. Actually, I was watching a, a young girl, the the guy that owns the bar, our ranch there. I was watching his daughter uh, play hockey. It's the first hockey game I've been to uh, all year, and I went and watched him play. And 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 you might not think that's a big deal, but to get my ass into into a a drink to watch hockey, like I won't even watch it on TV, drinking something, you know what I mean? And it was good. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. So, so anyways, going back to it though, I want to not look at it, but to go into ranks to, I mean, now it's, it's been passed pretty much at every, actually, I know the school division here, the Northwest school division was the last one. So now it's, you know, vaccination, right? All these mandates coming down. And so it's like, you actually can't run from it. And now with the the booster coming out, it's like, I mean, if you go back to the start of this, a booster, I think if everybody would have been like, this is where it's going to be, everyone like, oh, oh. But in saying that, you got your shots. Now it's a booster. Okay. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's not that big a deal. Except then they went from six to three and you're like, okay, well now it's like, everybody wants to move on with life. It's like, but we just, mm. COVID is dictating everything we do. I mean, just mm. look at the NHL, right? I love my NHL. I want to watch it. What are they doing? They're shutting down games because they got COVID outbreaks everywhere. And you're like, yeah. And that won't think, go off without a hit. Yeah. I think, uh, I think when it comes down to that and like, that's uh, I think when it comes down to reporting statistics, which, which is another thing that I've really, I've just started distancing myself a lot from because everyone's always, and I hear that lots with a lot of other people I talk to. How many cases, how many cases did we have today? How many cases? I, I don't, I don't fucking care how many cases we had today. How many people got sick and got put in a hospital? Okay. How many people are in intensive care? That's probably what we should be focusing on because the goal of what we're trying to do to get out of it now that COVID is endemic is, is we're, we're trying to get to the point where we don't overwhelm our healthcare system, which last time I checked was the whole reason we tried to do this whole thing off the start was to keep people out of the hospital. Right. So if the NHL has got shut down, our team's got to stop and go into quarantine and do their thing to, to keep this from spreading or do their thing. And they're, li- they're just trying to contain it. Okay. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, I'm not going to lose sleep if I don't see the Calgary Flames play tomorrow because well nobody's going to lose know, sleep if you, the Calgary <laughs> Flames don't play tomorrow. I think we just yeah we just unofficially got to dig at the Calgary Flames yeah um, but yeah I mean it, as long as we're trying to manage it but I mean that's the thing you get one of these one or two of these things here or whatever and then all of a sudden it just gets blown up this is what's happening this is what's happening and then you see that I started changing uh, like yeah it's I started blocking words on on Twitter and a whole bunch of different shit because I woke up one morning and this is all that my feed is full of or whatever and I'm like I I'm I've fucking had enough of this and I think that's where a lot of people are at kind of thing now like I get the fact that we need to try to do something to contain this and and to keep this from overwhelming our health systems and whatnot or whatever. But like at, at what point in time are we like Omicron, everybody goes crazy over Omicron kind of thing before we even know what it is. You know what I mean? And it's not going to be the last variant of it. It's going to be like the flu. It's going to be like, and I'm not a virologist. I'm not a doctor. Like I, I, I can't even like literally, I shouldn't even really talk about it because I really don't fucking know. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, I, I listen to my doctor. I, my doctor, I, I think that was, 
<clears throat> you and I had this talk before. Uh, when I go in unconscious bleeding on a on a stretcher, I'm like, uh, well, I don't say it because I'm unconscious, but I'm like, okay, well, I guess my life's kind of in your hands and you look after me kind of thing. And I, I treat it the same way right now. I'm just like, hey, what do I got to do to stay right? This is what I got to do. This is what you're telling me. You're my doctor. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. And I go the on only, with it. Right? Only thing, the only thing I'll argue with you on that hmm? is when you're, I agree with you. When you got a bullet in you, hopefully never, Yellowstone maybe, Yellowstone, you probably got eight in you. Um, you know what? Me and BMA were citing in a 22-250 here the other day, and I'm not going to go into any specifics or whatever, but I mean, be sure of your target and beyond. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody got it's the first rule of hunter safety. Uh, in those scenarios, all I'm getting at is when you, you're in a car wreck, you're in, you're in like, you're in bad shape. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. But here me and you two healthy guys, mm. like there should be at this point, two years in options uh, quick. There should just yeah. be options. There should just be yeah. like, like, we're not, we're not on death's doorstep by any stretch of the mm. imagination. Literally. Yeah. I just, you know, God, you know, you try not to read too much of it, but then just articles get sent to you and you're like, yeah, do I want to read stupid? Yeah. Okay. I'll read stupid. Right. Mm. And like, it's just now with the Omicron thing all over again is the, the, the asymptomatic and treating healthy people like, Ooh, right. And it's like, Man, how do we get off this thing? Here's a question for you. Here, here's a constructive question for quick. Sure. How do we get out of this? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think, uh, um, I, I think, I mean, everyone obviously keeping a little bit of an open mind kind of thing, but, uh, when, when you see this, these things keep happening kind of thing when you like, okay. So you were talking about, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're both healthy guys or whatever. Um, yeah, I get it. And there's, I've, I've heard of a, I've heard of a handful of people already that, you know, they're just, they're asymptomatic and there's no big deal. And they didn't even know they had it kind of thing. And that's good. And there's going to be people that are going to get it. And one has been a very good buddy of mine who was, who was quite, quite vocal against, uh, getting vaccinated or whatever too, that got it. And, uh, and fuck me, that guy was down for 14 days and there was parts he didn't wind up in the hospital because he's healthy and he's tough but like it's the same thing if you find somebody that that was in that situation that wasn't in as good a shape but, of him they're gonna they're gonna but i'll, but I'll say this right now and i'll be very clear right and i sometimes don't do this with all the guests i have on i'm not making light of COVID. i'm making no, absolutely, almost no. i'm making light of the fact that we don't discuss all the options i just literally had <clears throat> um peter mccullough and i've had multiple different variations of the same that same doctor who talk about you know, like there was this thing called ivermectin and I know we'll go down that side thing and the horse dewormer and all that. I'm just saying there there's like to act like, man, I can get over this. I got those buddies too. that got mm. hammered by this. I also got the buddies who just took the preventative measures early and quick. They got over it. Like they, they, they just moved on with their life and, and that's fine too. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not saying don't like this isn't, I don't, I'm not sitting here saying like, Hey, don't do anything. Just sit at home and it'll be all right. We've all, uh, we've all got our, in this area at least, got buddies mm -hmm. who've been hit by it pretty hard. And if they took it seriously, in my opinion, seriously, but seriously doesn't equate to me to going and getting the vaccine. That's not what I mean by serious. That can be one of the options, but there's mm -hmm. other options, right? I just mm -hmm. think two years in, there's like so many different options. The other options are just suppressed and it's odd. Yeah. And like, 
<clears throat> like to be honest with you, man, I, I like I can't really comment to any of them because like straight up I haven't like dove down deep into it and been like this is this and this is that because I've just stuck with what my doctor told me to do. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know, like I've been okay and I I've just stuck with that. And I like uh I'm not saying that it was the right thing to do what I did or what my doctor recommended or whatever, but it's just the no, path no. I've always taken it, that's got me to the right place, right? Yeah, but at the end of the day, um everybody's got to do what's like, and I, you did what you thought you should do. Yeah, man. I've done what yeah. I thought we should do. That's, that's what the phone call, you know, once again, I'll talk about this phone call because none of the listeners got to hear it. Right. So therefore I can, I can call, <laughs> very, quick, very all VIP different things. Phone call, right? Yeah. But it was, it was like, it was like really enlightening on how two different brains looked at a problem. Like if I could think back yeah. to it, man, I wish we would have recorded it and put it out here because you would have really got to see, um, you know, you're the guy who went and got his shots, did the video, and mm-hmm. th- like, there's nothing like me. I'm like, okay, like I, I admire you uh, for doing it quick. I'm like, huh, that's an inter- that's an interesting thought. And then four days after, not four days, uh, within the same month of uh, biking to you, I interview a doctor, and I've changed paths and I've gone a different way. Mm-hmm. And now all I see is like, you say that we need to find a way to get people talking again. And mm-hmm. what really unnerves me about that is, is I feel like the future I see for my kids and for us moving forward is more online, which means yeah. there's going to be less interaction of, of, of people talking about their views and how they come together. Yeah. Which means we're in for some real wild times because there's less and less of people talking. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there really is. And, uh, it, and I wish people would talk more, you know what I mean? I think, I, I think people get nervous or get worried that when they go into a conversation or are going to go talk with somebody that, well, well, what if I don't have an answer for something somebody's going to say, or what if I can't, you know, back up my opinion of what I'm saying or blah, blah, blah. Well, like what, what, what is a conversation is, is even a conversation with another human, you trying to win against the other human. That's, that's not what a conversation is. A conversation is like what we're having now, what we had on the phone kind of thing. Any conversation I've ever had with you, any conversation I have with anybody, I'm just talking to somebody. If somebody well, talks to me and they're making sense of what they're saying, I'd be like, yeah, that's actually, that's, that's a, that's a great opinion. You know what I mean? Um, I try my damnedest. Sometimes it doesn't work sometimes, but I, tr- I try really hard be, uh, just to like, obviously we're having a, I think a constructive back and forth. Cause I've wondered your thoughts now for like, you know, like, think about it. After I sat down with you, I literally interviewed a doctor in the studio here who I just went, huh. And me and you had had the phone call. You were going to get vaccinated. I wasn't. It was yeah. just, it was just simple as that. And we all yeah. both went, okay, yeah, don't mind that. All right. We'll see where this yeah. lands. Right. And we've just gone not 180 at all. Still good people still believe in the exact same things that brought us together in the first place. Just one choice in this world we currently live in has made it the people may want to make it feel like it's this giant divide. Social media wants to make it feel like it's a giant divide. Of course they do. And that's, it's a big problem with social media. And even like I've done a couple of, you want to call them social experiments or whatever on Twitter, but you'll, you'll send out one tweet specifically on one, then you'll put something out. You're like, well, this is a little bit politically spicy here or whatever, you know, before you send it, which one's going to do better. If you watch how a tweet does or whatever, that's because Twitter's job is is to keep people's face buried in Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whichever yeah, or one any of them. 
yeah, whichever one it is that you want to use. YouTube's no different, kind of, excuse me, no different kind of thing, right? And that that is, and uh, yeah, social social media, as you say, can be a good thing and it can be a really, really uh, terrible thing too. And that's, uh, I, yeah, I, I go back to the, the politi- politicization of, of COVID as well too. It's just, it, it's, when you when you're using that as as you know fuel to a fire even during an election or something like that that's that's just not okay you know what i mean people need to be able to talk to each other a little bit more um and you know i i think we've even said this in this podcast here or whatever but like i like it, it hasn't changed whether i would sit down and have a beer with you or whether we could hang out or whether I wouldn't come on a podcast with you because you've done some things that are, you know, alternatives to vaccines and stuff like that. That's not the kind of person I am. I'm going to sit my ass down. I'm going to talk to you on this podcast, just like we always fucking have, because we're human beings that respect each other's opinions. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, well, you jumped down this well or whatever. And uh, you're just getting bad information and everything. No, that's not, it's, it's just, to me, it's not how the world should work kind of thing. You know what I mean? I think it's, it's important for people to sit down and just have reasonable conversations with each other. And, but like you say, it's, it's probably more important now than ever for, for us to teach our kids and, and encouraging our kids and cultivating our kids to have personal conversations with themselves with, with no phones and no nothing. And you talk to a lot of people and you you can see it now, even, uh, you know, kids around here that are between the 12 to 14 uh, years old range that have full access to social media and different things. You're going for another bow, aren't you? Yeah. I'll, I'll keep talking because you're away from the mic. <laughs> I knew you were, <laughs> but it's, it's so important for, for, for kids to be able to have conversations with each other. And I think for parents to limit the amount of time that their kids spend on social media, which is, it's a little bit of a ball that, that gets rolling down a hill because then it causes conflict between kids and their parents because their parents will only allow them to have so much time on social media because all these other kids are allowed to be on social media and do all these other things or whatever. And uh, I could see how all, all things considered, uh, how it would be a very challenging time to be parents right now, you know, and in, in my live show, I make quite a bit, quite a bit of fun of parents nowadays kind of thing. But at the same time, uh, it, it, I can see how it'd be very tough to, to be parents nowadays right being parents back in the day when we were raised by our parents they had their own set of struggles and since a lot of those struggles have been replaced with the with the you know luxuries of 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 technology and whatnot but those luxuries of technology now have brought on a new set of challenges to parents nowadays that might not be faced with you know physical or financial hardship kind of thing but now faced with a different kind of hardship of how do you manage social media and your kids you know uh, vision of themselves and their, you know, their feeling about who they are and how they put themselves online and what it can do to their, you know, their triggering anxiety and a few different things of of what you get from this whole new set of challenges. Back in the day, it was like, well, how the fuck do I make this bottle of formula to the right temperature? Well, now we have Keurigs that make fucking formula to the right temperature, but I can't keep my 12 year old daughter from fucking hating herself because of social media. You know what I mean? So it's, we're trading what, what makes things tough nowadays. Right. Yeah, well, and that's always going to happen, right? Yeah. As yeah. as you as you roll through time, as time marches on, yeah, things man. are going to change. I wife really didn't want me to talk to you about this one, but I'm I'm going to bring it up anyways. I I was at a dinner party the other night, and I've yeah. become I've become I don't know the uh, the tough guy to be around or the fun guy to be around. I, I don't know, but what came up was gender identity in kids. Okay. Yeah. 
And I was saying, I'll see if I can word this right so I don't get canceled from everything. (laughs) I was saying like, I think as parents, leaders, adults, we've done a disservice. Like I get the inclusion part. I get like everybody gets to be who they want to be. Completely get it. Yeah. I just, I have a, I struggle really, really hard and specifically having young kids I struggle really hard that my child one day is going to go to school with somebody who identifies as a wolf. Let's just use a wolf. Sure. And they're going to want to be called a wolf. Mm. And I know exactly what my son's going to want to do. He's going to, well, can I be a wolf? Mm. You can, but uh, I'm going to have social services called on me when I feed you raw meat and you're living out in the backyard in minus 30 because I don't have a wild animal in here. Right. And I mean, like, we can joke about it. And you can't I, feed a wolf. You got to make it hunt. That's right. I mean? That's right. Yeah. We'll leave you all wild on the streets, right? Yeah. I just, to me, I'm like, you know, like by trying to make everyone feel like welcome, what we're actually doing is we're going to put a lot of odd conversations, questions on the kids that honestly, like you want to be a wolf? Wait until you're 18. Wait until you can vote. Like, let's just, let's like, we're putting all these tough choices on kids. Why the hell would we do that? Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, And, and again, like I, that's, that is one hell of a challenge for parents to face right now. And uh, I I guess I would tie that back to social media again, not just social media, but also like, you know, uh, let's say even classrooms and there's going to be some stuff like I, I, I know they do, but, and I know, any of the ones that I know are fantastic, but I hope teachers know the very important role that they always have and are playing in, in kids' lives nowadays too, right? Um, but that's uh, that's a tough one, you know. And you you have you have kids that are not you know d- developed or haven't even reached puberty to a certain point where hormone hormones start playing a factor. And I'm by no stretch of the imagination a child psychologist or anything like that. Yeah, but we but, don't have uh, to be a child psychologist. No, no, you I, don't. And, and like, I, I've, I've never held my opinions back from anybody for anything. I think anybody yeah. who I am wouldn't know that well enough, but uh, I think kids need to grow up before they can decide what, uh, what, what they want to be or who they want to be kind of thing. And, and uh, I'm not even against it. Like, you know, I, I say it and I sound, I know I sound like a jacket. I know there's going to be people like you're like right on, but there's going to be people that are going, you sound like a jackass right now. That's fine. I, I think I could sound like a jackass on my own damn podcast for once where I just go like <laughs> probably all, all the time, but I just, I, I look at it and I just like somewhere along the way, I feel like we've lost a little something here because mm-hmm. I just looked at it and I go, I was sitting around with these, these lovely people. You talk about teachers. I'm married to a teacher. She is a wonderful woman. God bless her. I wouldn't be able to do her job. So wouldn't be, I wouldn't either. Let's get that out there. hundred <laughs> percent. Right. And so like, yeah. I trust her with, with my kids' lives to navigate these tough conversations. Cause yeah. I just look at it and I go like, this is a really tough conversation. Yeah, Why can one kid tell and say he identifies as a wolf. And now my son wants to be Batman. Cause that's exactly what I would have wanted to be. And I'm like, Christian Bale, Batman or Michael Keaton, Batman. Actually, have you seen the have you seen the new preview for the new Batman with the dude? No, no, I haven't. I don't even think I've seen the the one with the guy with the weird stuff on his face. I don't know. I can't keep up on this shit, man. <laughs> Come on, quick! I, it's, I, 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 would I ever lie to you, Sean? I I don't think I've seen all the Batmans start start to finish. I don't think I have. You just went down a peg. <laughs> what I, I'm going to keep trying to climb back up those pegs. I'm just going to do what I can. 
Well, uh, what's it? What the heck is his name? Oh, I got to find it. Damn it. Because uh, I'm going to butcher it. It's the guy from Twilight, which you're going to go Twilight is being <laughs> Batman. Uh, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson's coming out in yeah. a new one, and it looks good. And he really? looks good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just I saying. It was it was hard for me to get past the one where uh, was it was it Heath Ledger that did uh, the mm-hmm. Joker, and that yep. was like that was a pretty amazing performance of Let, somebody that's look, completely disturbed. Uh, listen to me, I'm okay. telling you, when we're done with this, I want yeah. you to go watch the Batman trailer. Just just do me a favor. You okay. can text about me after, and when you <laughs> when when you watch it, you're gonna go, geez, that feels like it could be as good probably will nothing will ever come right. to close as heath ledger i mean like how are you ever going to top that i oh, don't know what, if you can no, what was the one i what was the one with that walking phoenix did that oh, was that one? Oh, that one's messed up that was that the was, joker yeah oh man and like i saw the trailer of that i was like i and i watched it i was like that man that guy might be a little bit of a, a wingnut there when you see him on interviews and a bunch of different stuff but you watch him do a performance like that and you're like that that was pretty fucking good. You know what I mean? I it was know. it was great acting. It was a messed up movie. Like it was just yeah, like, it was. That's, something I mean, you're ne- that's something you're never watching again. You watch it once, <laughs> you're like, yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't enough. been back to do that one over again. You know what I mean? Nobody's gonna be back to do that over again. You're like, that was that was enough on the old psyche. Now we went from we went from gender identity to the Joker, man. That's uh we do that from time to time, don't we? <laughs> I just, um, I have a hard time with the kids thing. I just do. I always yeah. have, right? Like, I just, I just, I can see, I feel like I can kind of see what's coming, right? Like, yeah, you know, when we were kids, you know, we had to worry about certain things as kids. And I sound like an old man right now. But like, soon it's, there's going to be things they're going to be privy to that I've never even had to remotely yeah. experience. Like, so I, like, I, I guess when I think back to my childhood, I mean, the, you know, the, you would be, it would, it would be homosexuality would be like that, that would maybe be sure. like the, the hot topic kind of thing, if that's what you want to call it uh, kind of thing. Right. And I don't really remember. And I mean, like everybody can say what they will, but I mean, I, I grew up in rural Saskatchewan. It's a little bit different than growing up in a city kind of thing. And there's people that'll hold that against people that grew up in rural Saskatchewan, that you're racist and hillbillies and all the stuff or whatever, but it's just, it's, it's how you grew up. And excuse me, it, it was, there'd be a few people in school here or there that, you know, would maybe lean towards that side kind of thing, or maybe try and experiment, do this, do that kind of thing or whatever. And there's, there's a couple of guys that I grew up with in school that, that, that are homosexuals today. And I'm still in touch with them. Awesome fucking dudes or whatever. Yeah. Well, that you know, doesn't make you a wrong, like it no, one of them, you, you could pick it off. And I remember you could pick that off when he was going to school. I was, I was like, yeah, that, that's probably going to be that way for that guy or whatever. And the other ones you never would have guessed whatever. And it's, and it's no big deal. Um, and that would have been the hardest that things I think would have probably swung when I was, when I was a kid, you know, learning about these different things, but yeah, now there's, there's gender identities and a few different things that are going on now. And it's just, there, there, there keeps to being different things and different things all the time, hard thing to keep up with. But I think like from, from an outside perspective, looking in, um, I think participation trophies are kind of the, you know, the start of it all, if that's what you want to call it. And I'm just like, I, I'm not okay with a fucking participation trophy. There's, 
you win first, second, or third in the field meet, and that's it. And if and if you don't, then that's just the fucking way she goes, and that's your incentive to do better next time, kind of thing. And if you're a kid that doesn't do sports or whatever, well, that's why you get 99% on your exams or whatever you're doing. I guess I'm profiling academics, which I'm not trying to do right now. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just it's it's it, it, it's something we're losing. And there was a this will be the second time that I brought him up, but I just try and catch it in the tractor most of the time here. But uh, Gormley did a little segment here a little while ago on uh, on on masculinity and manhood kind of thing, which is another. It's kind of a, a, a bug in my ass a little bit all the time. You get called you're full of toxic masculinity and you're a misogynist and all this stuff is a lot of the stuff that I get online, which I'm neither neither of the above kind of thing. I was I was just raised to to be a man and and go into manhood and manhood is you know to, to me it's providing for your family and a few different things uh and it's not I, I don't need to have a big huge jacked up diesel and ripping around and people saying well that's because of toxic masculinity well is it or is it just because i like a jacked up truck with a diesel engine that's just kind of what yanks my crank the same as a guy that's driving a fiero with a loud stereo in it down the street or whatever. I don't give a fuck what floats your boat or whatever, but you do you all do me. It's no big deal kind of thing. Right. But uh, you just trace it all back to this, this fucking participation trophy shit or whatever. It's okay for you to experience failure and somebody that, that is, that is better at something to you because it, it gives you a, a something goal name for it. Right. And if you're not striving towards a goal, um, you really, really start to, to, to self-destruct if that's what you want to call it. If, if you're never trying to be better at something or you're trying to improve something or self-improve, I can think of 10 things off the top of my head that I always try to improve about what I'm doing. And if you don't have that, what, what is it that you're striving for? You, you turn into a person that's just kind of floating through life a little bit and floating's okay. But uh, as humans, we, we need to challenge ourselves because it's what makes us better. And it, it's what gets us out of bed. And it's what makes us, you know, take that extra 30 shots at the end of hockey practice to try and make it so we can hit the top corner of the net better. I just tried a hockey reference. Did I do good? I don't know how it went. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah, you didn't do that good. Uh, you know what I mean? But it's just, you always got to try and, and, and do better. And that's, as far as I'm concerned, what, what makes us better as human beings, it's better for ourselves, right? Well, it gives you, it gives you meaning in life motivation Flo floating, life. floating through life is a i don't know in my opinion is pretty dangerous thing to do yeah it, absolutely it is a accomplishing a goal setting a goal and accomplishing it how important is it to accomplish a goal that you set you're not going to accomplish all of them all the time but it feels pretty damn good when you do accomplish one right and that feeling that you get is the feeling that you strive for when you set your next goal like i'm going to get there someday and i'm going to do it when you do it you're like that was awesome i did it now i'm going to set my bar here and i'm going to try that you know, and I see you do a lot of that stuff uh, with setting goals for yourself and accomplishing them and moving on. And that's, that's what, that's what keeps us moving. That's what keeps our fire going as humans. Right. So then here's a, a bit of a, we've been on a deep discussion here for a bit. So deep, we are deep in the well here. That's all right. That's always where we wind up anyways, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. I, I listen to you and I go, so then what you're saying is, you know, cause everybody wants to go back to the good old days. You know, like I act like I, we had the good old days and my parents act like they had the good old days and we you just can't stop. The time marches on, right? Like we're going to move. So when, when I listen to all that, I go, 
So gender identity is going to be something that you cannot stop is what you're saying. I, right. Like that's cannot, a, I, that's a big question to throw on you quick. I just mean like, no, no, it's, not, no it's, it's not Sean cannot stop. The, I don't, I don't want to stop. Uh, it's none of my business to stop any of that. If that's, if that's a, a thought that somebody has in their mind. Right. Um, but, but, but we can both agree. I think that gender identity, totally fine. I, honestly, I, I give I'm like, I, I'm fine with all of it. I just go yeah. when it's young kids in school, I have a problem with that. I yeah, really do. I, I, like we can all agree. Like this is kind of a, it's a bad joke, but I remember girls in the school, no bad joke. you know, making out thinking maybe, and then, you know, they grow up a little more and then they go on to marry, have kids and move on with life. Right. Yeah. And what I feel like right now, when I watch it, I just go like, Hmm. Are we putting a lot of pressure on these kids that they got to know who they're supposed to be at 14 or 15 or 16? Like I was a dummy at 16. I'm still a dummy at 35, right? Like, I mean, but, but at least there's some perspective there at 18. I thought I was the smartest guy on the world. I, I got this figured out. I'm not listening to anyone. I'm out of yeah. here. I'm going to live in my own place. I'm getting a job. I'm carrying on with life, blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. We all have the same story. So yeah. as a kid at 16, you give them all the power. They're going to think they're the smartest human being in the world too. Yeah. Like, except you're not, they're just yeah. not. Yeah. And, and we, yeah, we've, we've got a long ways to go from when we're 16. That's why we don't vote at 16 right now. Right. But I mean, I guess we're trying to change that too. Aren't we? Well, we uh, are, aren't we? NDP apparently, the Greens. apparently there's a reason that we have the young offenders act too, is because we don't have figured out exactly what we're doing until we turn 18 kind of thing or whatever. Right. There's a lot of things that we have in place to protect people under the age of 18 kind of thing or whatever. And yeah. And, uh, your life, your body, your choice kind of thing. I get like, see, it's, uh, I don't know how you would actually handle that as a parent going through that because it's, it's, it's like gender identity has turned into the fucking yo mega. When I was going to school, it was just, everybody had to have one and that's all they talked about. And this was the new thing and the new trend. And I feel like it's, if you're going to be accepted and be cool and doing what you're doing, um, then this is maybe you maybe want to identify as this or identify as that kind of thing, because that's just trendy and that's what's happening right now kind of thing. Or I want purple hair and I want to do this. Well, I mean, have whatever fucking color hair you want. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? But, uh, I think there's a, there's a, a, a dangerous point, but it's always been there. It's just kind of been something different where kids want to jump on the next biggest thing that's happening. And if it turns into gender identity kind of thing, that's the next biggest thing that's happening. Yeah. That might, that might be a little bit of an extreme of a trend to get on because it can actually be something that can, that can alter the path of, of, of a young person's life that they don't fully understand how the past being altered at the time. Right. Um, yeah, it's, uh, like I say, I, uh, I, I make a lot of fun of parents, uh, nowadays, but, uh, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there that, uh, that I'm not sure exactly where it's going to take us, you know? Yeah. I am. I wonder where we're heading all the time. Cause I just like, you know, it's, I, it's, it's a big, big, big questions. Right. I just yeah. go. So, so you, you know what, I'm going to interject on you a little bit because you wonder where we're heading. I try not to think about that too much. Why not? Um, because uh, it, it's just humankind is going to head where it's going to head and whether we destroy ourselves or not. I mean, I, I don't know if there's anything that, that all of us can do enough to, to keep something like, like that from happening kind of thing. But um 
you know, we've been around for, for uh, just a tiny little blink for, for the existence of this planet kind of thing, you know? And uh, yeah, you know what social media might be, what just dives us straight over the edge or we might get blasted by an asteroid here. I don't, I don't even, I don't even think uh, obliteration. I just think we're setting ourselves up for things that maybe we, you know, I just wonder, I, I guess the, the uh, the way I look at it is we're on the Titanic. Me and Fine. you both, me and you both know there's icebergs. Call it five hours ahead. If we do something now, it doesn't even have to be that big. We just got to divert it a bit and we miss them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But what we do as a society is we don't think about it. We go, let's just get on with life. It's fine. We'll carry on. It's going to be good. You know? And then all of a sudden the warning bells are going off, but you can't steer no matter how hard you want. Cause yeah. the machine's way too big and we're going right into it. And boom, we might already be there already. I just, I go, I look at it and I just like frig, like, you know, if we can prevent the sinking of the ship or we can prevent, you know, I, I talked about Solzhenitsyn quite a bit a long time ago, um, but he was the one who went through Gulag Archipelago, right? And he mm-hmm. just talked about it early on. You got to be vocal. You got to speak up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if that would have changed. You know, it, I, I always think like, I wonder if that would have changed anything, right? Oh, well, I mean, it just some days it feels like, man, maybe proof's in the pudding. We're finding out because there's a lot of vocal people every right now. Social media is allowing it. On one side, social media is allowing a lot of, I don't know, not bad, bad, whatever it is. You, Everybody's got their term for it. But on the other side, it's allowing a lot of different things too. Mm-hmm. And you wonder what's going to win out and where we're going to go. And I, I don't know. I mean, you're right. Maybe a guy shouldn't think about it too much. Just Yeah. It, like, I mean, yes and no to a certain extent, but I mean, it's just uh, like I, if, if you were to ask me what concerns me the most uh, uh, about society nowadays, it would be the, the amount of power and influence that social media has. And there is a very select group of people that control social media. You know what I mean? That's, that's concerning to me in, in a big way. Uh, and I mean, it was, it was a very, and it's funny that it was on Netflix or whatever, but the social dilemma is one of the best watches that I've had on how social media works, uh, for, for quite some time, actually. Turn off um, all my notifications. Every single yeah, one. I, you know what? I haven't had notifications on for, I, I don't know how long, uh, I mean, I, I did it pre-watching Social Dilemma because my social media had kind of gone a little bit crazy and just got to the point where it's just like enough's enough. And uh, consciously now, and especially in the last little while, it was a big reason that I really, I, I kind of started turning down a lot of stuff that I do online for, you know, Zooms and, and, and whatnot or whatever, just because it was very important for me to get back out and start seeing people in their faces and leaving my phone alone, leaving the comment section alone and just detaching from that a little bit and getting back to like talking to people and being well the studio is always open quick you know <laughs> if you want to make it here i'm you just saying it's uh, always so open was, we'll, we'll buy you a fresh time, case of uh, bohemian <laughs> i went to uh, i did uh, i did a quick spot at pbr in edmonton the pbr finals and i was actually coming through lloyd and i was like did Man, not you did no, not so wait, no wait wait a minute you hold on a minute here you get it so I, I got a big brother there and uh, I actually stopped at my big brother's place from uh, from 2 to 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon on my way home because we were break testing cattle the next day. So I took that hour and a half and spent it with my brother instead of you. So I, I still don't forgive you. I still don't <laughs> Shit, forgive I thought you. I was going to get away from that by saying that. But uh, you no, came through be... my town yeah, and I didn't did, drop me a line. 
you know? I did. Yeah. And it's just send you to the train station. I know. Pretty quick. <laughs> I, I know. Right. I know. Um, but I, like, I guess kind of shifting gears a little bit here. It, it, I'm not trying to hijack your podcast. No, here, give her. Uh, one of the coolest things that I've done in the last little while is, has actually, has actually been this comedy show uh, that I've gone out and started doing. And it's been, I think maybe more beneficial for me than for anybody else. Uh, but it started off as a, as a fundraiser uh, kind of thing or whatever that I actually wound up running around and doing. Uh, and it's just, it, it started off as an hour of just me talking about how, like how, what it's like to grow up in rural Saskatchewan kind of thing. My goal was when I went and did this, that I would do no politics talk, no COVID talk. I was like, there's gotta be humor in, in everything else in life other than what everybody's talking about. And that was kind of the goal when I, when I wrote this uh, and I've taken this, uh, I've taken this show to a lot of small towns, to a lot of small halls and to a bunch of different places. And it's been awesome. Um, it there's, it's the strangest thing because I was always like, it's really cool to, to do this stuff and put online videos out or whatever, but eventually you get tired of videoing yourself and, and coming up with stuff and then responding to comments and whatnot you get in front of a live audience where people can heckle you. And if it's going really bad, it's, it's, it's going to be like, put you in a spot where you're really vulnerable. I think that's a situation everybody should always put themselves in because it, it kind of checks you out for what kind of a, what kind of a person you are. And if you're comfortable with yourself, you can put stuff online and record it and do this and you can edit it and clip it and do a bunch of different things. And if you don't like it, you just won't post it. Nobody will ever see it kind of thing. But if you want to like check out who you are inside, if you're really comfortable with yourself, go jump in front of a crowd of people and, and with, with material that you think is funny that you just don't know how they're going to react. First time I ever did this show was at uh, the Thanks for Farming Tour in Lethbridge, Alberta. And it was right after they lifted all restrictions or whatever. No masks, no nothing, no anything. Away we go, right? I go down there and this guy booked me at a, at a farm trade show. And, uh, I've got this show. Every second word in this show was fuck. And, uh, I like, I like, there's a lot of inappropriate references in it. I'm talking about semen testing bulls and a whole bunch of different shit or whatever, like no filter. Right. I go to this show and, uh, this guy puts me on stage from three to 4 PM at a trade show. And, uh, I'm like, okay, whatever. I drink beer while I'm doing this. So much, much like I'm drinking vodka right now, but I, I drink beer while I'm doing the show on stage or whatever. You need to stay sharp. You know, it's a little less, uh, I yeah, just, I just want to be in my zone. You know what I mean? I go walking onto the stage at three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and the trade show was, was fairly slow for a better part of the day. And I was like, geez, I wonder how this is going to go. My audience is 100 Hutterites. You want a reality check? go out in front of a bunch of people but i open up with a bit about tinder and a whole bunch of different stuff or whatever like i bombed so bad when i did this first show like there was barely a snicker in the audience and i thought i was coming with an hour of comedic gold right and what do you do like i just went i just i was like well fuck it i'm just doing this and i just went through the whole show as fast as i possibly could because i knew nobody was gonna laugh at it kind of thing and i finished and the guy that actually booked me came to me the next morning and he's like so did anybody talk to you about your show and I was like, no, not really. And he's like, yeah, if you're thinking of taking this on the road, I don't think it's going to work out for you. I got to do that show again that afternoon at three in the afternoon. And this is the only review I've got on my show is that you're actually blowing your life out your ass right now. And I'm like, oh my God. Fuck. <laughs> so I go onto the stage that afternoon 
with the only review that I've got is like, this is the shittiest show I've ever seen in my life. Like, like how's that for a confidence builder for you when you're going to go back on stage with a show that you've learned on the way to Lethbridge in your pickup truck or whatever. And uh, there's a bunch of people that actually followed me and showed up that day on a Friday and the show went really, really good. Like everyone was laughing. Everyone was having a good time. And, and all of a sudden the show took an hour and 10 minutes instead of an hour kind of thing or whatever. Right. And he came up to me after the show and he's like, you remember what I said to you this morning? And I was like, yeah, he's like, forget it all. That actually went really good today. I was like, okay, thanks, man. But I think that's something that people should really do a lot is to challenge themselves and, and make themselves vulnerable in front of people. Because I think that's a, a back to this social media thing. That's a problem with social media is you're really not vulnerable to anybody because you can really control uh, what's happening with what you do kind of thing. You know what I mean? But it, it's, it's a good people, reality check for, for, for who you are and if you're comfortable with yourself or not, right? People should start a long-form podcast and say what's on their brain and see what <laughs> comes of it. Because at times, it's not that comfortable. I hear you, man. And that's okay. It's, it's best to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. If you're talking about stuff that makes you uncomfortable, that's, that's a good thing, right? I mean, well, to a certain extent. If I would have went back to episode uh, 72, when Quick Dick first came on, and if I would have said, gender identity i would have shit a brick and then you fast forward and i mean twos has been making an appointment on this dang entire episode if i is dropped he, the word you or what's going on here like, no uh, he isn't but if he <laughs> if he had dropped the word uh a faggot of wood yeah on me earlier even at 200 episodes i was still shocked like that one i was like Oh, that's a tough word, man. I don't really like that word. And then he gives me the backstory and now I've said it again. And I just like, I'm uncomfortable. Now I, your entire audience or whoever's listening to this is like, who, what did he say? I'll go look into the history of it. Yeah. Bundle of wood, you, and you'll be like, Hmm, interesting. So yes, the, um, I can't imagine being in front of a, an audience like that. Now I'm not, I, I, but I don't have, uh, I don't have a beard you know, that's been gone for 20 years, uh, okay, um, we, you know, with left leftovers from last week in it. Like yeah, I, I, saying, I, didn't know, I didn't even shower before we started this. I literally walked in the door um, more to this, uh, to this comedy show thing that I've been doing is getting in front of people is uh, I didn't realize it, but it's, it's, uh, it's turned into almost a little bit of an addiction for me. Uh, and I'm okay with admitting it, but I spent a lot of time, I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this, but like leading up to what came into me being quick to, cause I spent a lot of time very unhappy in my life and I couldn't find laughter and I couldn't find happiness. And I've, I've slowly found it through bringing happiness and laughter to people uh, through my YouTube channel and a few different things and just one minute stuff that I'll do that I'll post every now and then I, I like people being able to watch my stuff and, and laugh at it. That's, that's the reason I do it. Um, but this is taking it to a different level when you actually go into a, a crowd of people what I, and what I try and do at the end of my show when I do it is I try and go down and sit at everybody's table and I want to try and have a beer with everybody. Now, I don't remember everybody's name, but I try and That's ask. That's because you're hammered by the end of the night. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm drunk most of the time. but <laughs> a, a beer at everybody's table. There's 20 <laughs> tables. Yeah. But I, I mean, I we're talking about like a town like East End, you know what I mean, which there's only about 150 people total <laughs> in there. Whatever, right. So it's about eight, nine tables kind of thing. But um you go down and, and talk to people and like uh, it, it, this show started doing a lot better in small towns and it's got to the point where it's actually, it, it's, it's good. I've worked with it craft. It's, it's a bit of a craft, I guess, which was, 
I've, I've watched a, it was an episode of, of Vance Crow's podcast there where he'd interviewed a comedian and she was talking about how she worked at a joke for a couple of weeks and polished it and kept running it by her friends or whatever. And this is like a, you know, not even a two and a half minute bit. And I was like three weeks on a two and a half minute bit. Like I couldn't connect the dots, but after I've done it in front of people, there's, I, I make this tiny tweak every time I do a show and now I've got to the point where I can feel how an audience is laughing or reacting to your show, or which way you can take it. You know what I mean? You'll have a, an audience that you'll like, I got a little way that I, I try not to do politics in it, but you know, there's a crowd that is just waiting for quick dick to just roast Justin Trudeau in this show. And you can almost start to feel it. And I got these little things that I'll just poke them with a little bit and see what kind of reaction you get. And then I'll jump into that side of it kind of thing. And it's just turned to this whole different thing. And when you go around and talk to these people after the show, they're like, this was my favorite part. And that you described my childhood. And like, I just about peed myself doing this or whatever. And it's just that there is something to that, that I cannot describe. It's almost turned into a, almost a drug for me is like, it, like I, it brings so much joy into my life of being able to bring happiness and laughter to other people. You ever think you'd be a comedian? Like a stand-up comedian? Like, did you ever think I, you were going to... I don't feel like I am, uh, to be perfectly honest. But then I, I guess, to a certain extent, You're I guess I may be... literally roaming the rural communities of Saskatchewan, <laughs> and I assume a little bit of Alberta, and you're doing shows where you stand up and make people laugh. <laughs> I, you know, I got to go back to Judy Reeves, episode 110, where she goes, you're literally going around interviewing people. What do you think that is? And I say something and she goes, it's a journalist, you jackass. It's a journalist. Start calling it what it is. <laughs> You're sitting there going, you know, I, I'm just, I don't really call it that. It's like, well, I don't know what you want to call it, but that's yeah, a comedian. That's, that's, yeah, that's what that weird. is. I, I never, I never ever would have uh, actually ever would have uh, thought of it. I never would have thought that I would get the feeling out of it that I do kind of thing. And, uh, it's, it's just, I, I think I connected to, to earlier when I was just so damn miserable, uh, in my life. And it's just, uh, I go into every one of these shows. I, I know they're not all going to do perfect. They're not all going to be great. Uh, but a majority of them have been really good. And it's a good feeling to know that for that hour and it's turned into an hour and a half now is, is basically what it is for that hour and a half. There's one person in that audience that is sitting there that has got a lot of bad things going on in their life. And it's, it's building on them and they are stressed. And my, I, I feel like it's a job. I go in there with the job it is my job to take an hour and a half out of that person's life. And I want them to completely forget about absolutely everything that's going on in their life. And I want them to laugh. I want them to listen to what I'm saying. And I want them to be like, ah, that's yeah, that's it. And I want them to realize that some of the stuff that's going on in their life, maybe, we can laugh at it too, instead of let well up inside of us and, and, and take us to places where, where we shouldn't be as humans. Um, and it has been the, it has been the coolest thing. And, uh, I, I actually, I really want to do more of it. I've actually got a lot of gigs booked January, February kind of thing. Uh, I can't after February cause we start calving and there's this whole pesky, uh, side gig agriculture thing that I've got going on in my life. Uh, but I just want to do a lot more of it. And, uh, it, it's, it's been really neat. It's been a neat experience. And, uh, and I'm, I'm very, very honored and privileged to, to be able to go and have the opportunity to do that to people, because I don't think everybody gets that opportunity. Um, 
And it's just been fucking cool, man. It's, it's been a real change in, you know, in the norm of what's become normal in my life. And I fucking like it. I bet I, I would bet you a thousand bucks that uh, it isn't one person in the audience. It's actually the opposite. There's one person in the audience currently in this day and age. It's just love and life. The rest need to laugh. That's true. Need, yeah, need, that's, yeah, that's very uh, yeah. Need the uh, the unplug from going to wherever and you know, man. Yeah. Like how if you would have told me two years ago when we first sat and chatted, this is I, where we'd be sitting and this is what we'd be talking about. I would have been shit, like, I know, man. Yeah, it's 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 me. crazy. This has been a, a very very crazy ride. I think probably for both of us, but really, like like we could say the same for you. Would like would you say when we chatted two years ago that would would you think that this is where you were going to be at? No, like I say it all the time. I just want to like, I tried the only guest that's ever failed me that I never got was Wayne Gracksky on 99. I wanted 99 on 99. (laughs) That would have been cool, man. Yeah. It would have been awesome. And believe me, in my opinion, I threw everything I could possibly get at getting them. And I got within a phone call of them. Like that's how close I came, but it was just like, yeah, you know, he, he, doesn't do and i was like that's ah, fair i'm fucking nobody whatever and i should have i should have bared some teeth and fucking tried grilling some of those guys but whatever it doesn't matter but back then that's what i was after ron mcclain's you know and ron mcclain Absolutely. you know is done yeah. and don cherries and you know all these guys and where i sit right now i've been having this has been the most fun i've had on the podcast since the beginning because i feel like and i could be wrong on this and i'm sure a lot of listeners will disagree agree it doesn't matter for yeah. me it it's turned really into conversations that truly matter like actually matter actually are moving in at least my daily life the dial because i got a lot of things going on between the ears that i think about and i want i'm like you know and i've held a lot of that back because that's what society wants us to do they want us to talk about things they want us to you know and for a long time quick lots of things didn't actually didn't really affect us so you just were like yeah whatever yeah that's good whatever mm. but now i'm like yeah. starting everything's starting to affect us i'm like well we better start talking about it because we don't talk mm. about it we're not going to get through the things that we're thinking about and so i yeah. the last probably 40 50 episodes listen when i'm thinking about it we're going to talk about it because i'm like what the hell's the point of hiding away from it like if yeah. i'm thinking it, other people are thinking it so when you say you go out there and you're, you're giving the one person, nah, you're giving the 99 people something that just gives them a chuckle and some light, you know, it's one of the, the things I think you've done extremely well, because you know, like, why did I bike to Tufnell? I wanted to do something good in the middle of the shit. And Fucking now, nice, and now, uh, to me, the shit just keeps stacking up and you've probably felt that a little bit tonight is the shit just seems to keep stacking up. And what I do admire about you is you found a way to keep putting humor into the world. Just, I mean, Justin Trudeau makes it really fucking easy, but still make it kind of (laughs) easy. Yeah. But I mean, still you, you've, you've, you've told a line you've, you've continued to try and make people laugh. I admire that. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Uh, Yeah. And it's, uh, but I, I mean, it's, but same thing. Like, I mean, it's, it's important to have conversations and that's what you're, and that's what you're trying to do with, with what you're doing is to just to try and have conversations kind of thing. And, uh, I, I think, I think open and balanced conversations are great things to have. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's something that's definitely missing from society. And there's a lot of people. And I, even though I know within my community, there's a lot of people that, uh, 
that won't have conversations with each other because they have a differing opinion. Well, fuck good does that do? You know, it, it doesn't. Uh, I know a lot of people that are very dismissive that if somebody has a different opinion than them, they don't want to talk to them. How the fuck does that fix anything? It, it, it fixes absolutely nothing. All that everybody needs to remember is you can, you can sit and have a conversation with somebody. And that's where like, man, I, I we got to find the things we agree on. We keep focusing on all everything we disagree on. Like if we started focusing on all the things you agree on, I bet you we'd find out most people agree on a lot of shit. Absolutely. Yeah. No, hundred percent, man. Um, it's, uh, yeah, man. I just, I, I, I hope, I hope things can, uh, can get somewhat back to normal. And I think conversations are, are maybe one of the most important parts of it, but there's, you know, there's, there's, there's people that I know, uh, that I'm quite close to or whatever that are actually, they will, they are open to open conversations and a lot of different things. But if you pick one or two specific topics, they'll be very dismissive immediately and be like, no, that's fucked. I'm not listening to that. Well, Okay, well, that, that's not helping. You know what I mean? But uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's just weird where things go. But the, thing, got- the thing is that we both have in common is through this channel, I talk to a lot of diverse people. Through mm-hmm. your work, you talk to a lot of diverse people. When you do that, yeah. there's no conversation I'm not willing to have. Because I'm even if they're batshit crazy, I still kind of want to see what batshit crazy sounds like. Man, man, let's let's have the conversation. I'm curious. I can sit there. It doesn't hurt me any. Send you to a couple of my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> you know, we've waited a long time. I got to I gotta ask you, because in the time I saw you, now, <laughs> Justin Trudeau flies across the country. You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I think I do, but please continue, Sean. A National Reconciliation Day, a day they make to, like, once again, I think we're both sitting here going, yeah, it makes sense. Yep, totally. Uh, love it. Yep. Okay. And then he's in Tofino. Yeah. Like how? Paul, how can know. somebody still fucking support him? Is that your question? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it. And that's where like, I, I, yeah, I have we this have an ass hat leading yeah. our country that we really do. Yeah. They, like even, even the biggest of dummies can't mess that up. And he did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's really bad, you know? Uh, and, and that, and now he'll go on and like Evan Solomon's going to have him on, excuse me, tomorrow or whatever. And he's, he's obviously the interview's already been done. They're leaking a couple different things or whatever. And he's be like, well, we have a lot of work to do. We, 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 this, like, can't you even be a fucking man and just sit there and be like, yeah, I really fucked that one up. You guys actually, I really shouldn't have done it, but he can't even say that. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, the, the whole rules for thee and not for me kind of thing. It's, it's the biggest reason why I, I covered what I did on the last Tough Mill at 10. I hadn't done a Tough Mill at 10 in a long time, and I just pumped one out or whatever because I was just like, these fuckwads are going to take 300 of them and fly across the fucking ocean in how many different fucking planes and run around in fucking motorcades that are burning diesel everywhere and fucking blow $1,000 a night hotel rooms and $1,000 meals and run around with no mask, no nothing, no fucking anything. Talk about how they're going to fix the fucking world. Catherine McKenna, who's not even fucking in the fucking House of Commons anymore, or an MP, is going to go over there too. And she's going to zoom across the fucking hallway and all this shit. But there's there's people that still lap this stuff up for breakfast thinking that they're that they're helping things, but, but they're not. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we 
there's things that we can do that are going to make things better so that we use less so that we are more efficient with what we do. But I mean, I'm not willing to bankrupt the country. I'm not going to look at something like that and be like, this is actually okay that these guys are creating a bigger carbon footprint by going over to talk about this than any of the cattle that we have on our farm will ever fucking create and farts in their natural born fucking life. But there's a cult that is going to follow and be like, this is okay. And this is what we should do. It's, it's just not. And I see a lot of people that have been like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm tired of hearing the argument of they're emitting more by going and doing this. The back. That argument is so old. The argument is old. Does that mean it's not fucking relevant? Like, are you just calling it old because you don't want to defend a fucking piece of shit argument anymore kind of thing? I, I, I don't get it. It's, it's terrible. I don't understand how this guy could possibly keep getting elected. We need electoral reform so fucking bad in Canada. It's ridiculous. We'll never get it because a government's only job is to get reelected. You'll never you know? get it? Never, it never's well. one word I don't like. Okay, never. yeah. But, you know, fair enough. I will take that back. It's, it's not something that I see in the near future. And yes, never is the wrong word to use in basically any way, shape, or form. There's a few things that I could say never about for me personally, that I know I will never do, but I mean, yeah, never is, I guess the wrong word to use kind of thing, but yeah, we've got, uh, we, we've got some issues that we need to work through as a country and in, in, in a big, big way, you know, um, I think we talked about this a little bit before, but I mean, it's been a really cool thing with a lot of the things and people that I've been exposed to, uh, I, I've, I've gone down some different trails where I found some cool stuff about, you know, evs and, and electricity generation and a few different things or whatever that that have been good but it's because i've been willing to have conversations with people and not just be like fuck you i'm completely dismissive about what's going on this is my opinion i'll never change it it's opened me to a different side of a few different things but i still look at it and i'm like it hasn't changed my opinion is that that's not the way for us to completely head but i didn't realize that these different things were happening in that sector and that's good. That's good information for people to get, you know what I mean? Because it helps you form a, a broader opinion of, of what your opinion is. Um, but I, to, to, to your point, I have no fucking idea how this clown is, is who's leading our country. I just, I, I just, I just don't get it. I can't make sense of it. If there's one thing that I would like change tomorrow, that would be it. Yeah. He, uh, Whatever he's, uh, whatever he's got behind him, whatever he's drinking, whatever he's doing, I think uh, <clears throat> when it comes to a lot of us in the working world, we're like, well, whatever he's doing, I'd, I'd like to take some of that because if I did that, I'd be fired, like on the spot <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Can you imagine getting caught on like I just, like, how do you dig yourself out of that? Wait, like what do you walk back into your your group of you know, oh, you got caught, bad boy. It's like. But Hey, but you, and I, you and I both know that the only time that that guy's ever going to say any fucking thing ab about how he regrets it or anything's going on is on camera. He's going to go back to his fucking rich buddies or whatever and be like, as if I fucking care. You know, that's what he's saying behind the scenes. He'll just never say it in real life kind of thing, right? It's, but, but like, that's you where. Ever, you ever think we'll get to Western separatism? I, I mean, I that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a a little bit of a taboo thing to say, but I, I, don't, I don't think it's taboo. I think there's uh, there's a lot of people talk about it and it's, it's a thing that's, that's real and that's a topic or whatever. And I, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever get there, but it, I think the reason I don't know or think if we'll ever get there is because uh, Quebec still hasn't separated. I mean, they're uh, technically, I guess a different nation within Canada right now, but um, 
I don't know if we'll get there. I, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of people that are starting to get very tired of what's going on. And I think that number is growing exponentially kind of thing, you know, but, uh, I think a bigger thing we need to, to work on as a whole, as, as a country of Canada is, is a, is an urban rural divide, I think is a bigger mm-hmm. problem that we have yeah. is East versus West, you know? And I think that's, that's kind of turned into a little bit of more of a goal, if you want to call it goals of, of what I've got going on. Well, I've done a lot of different kind of productions that people would maybe think that I, they wouldn't see me do kind of thing. I did a video called beefing around where I didn't swear. It wasn't really full of jokes or anything. It was just, I just kind of did a little tour of the beef farm and like how we use beef to our advantage and waste as little as possible and try and help reduce our carbon footprint by using them. And I'm hoping that by doing a video like that, where I don't cuss and swear and come off as a real jackass the whole time is that the people that would not typically watch one of my productions will actually watch it. Or maybe it might make its way into a school classroom here or there kind of thing. And if you can change two or three people's minds with every video that you put out, well, I'll just keep putting videos out and trying to change two or three people's minds at a time kind of thing. Right. But I'm, I'm not saying that we can't always work towards something better or continue to work towards using less kind of thing. But at the same time, we can't undermine the, the backbone of what's feeding us. And, uh, and just uh, spoiler alert, there's some oil and gas stuff coming up or whatever, but like, you can't, you can't just turn the valve off tomorrow and everything's going to be perfectly fine. You know what I mean? Like, well, that was, and there's, that was and there's much- people out there that are, that are brainwashed to the point that they think that it's okay. Just tomorrow, we can just never use oil and gas again and we'll be fine. And I mean, we're, we're probably going to live in a world where we will use oil and gas to the, to the end of, of human civilization to a certain point. It will just be continue to be less and less and less and less as we create and develop different technologies. Right. But it's just not something that we can just start charging people to use and think that that's going to take them off of it or get the world off of it. You know? Yeah. That was a very unnerving thing to stumble upon was the rural urban divide. Yeah, three point three percent, I think it is, of Canadians live in cities. And mm-hmm. I mean, us two yahoos growing up in small town Saskatchewan. I mean, I like what you called me Yahoo. I actually stand by that name. Yeah. Well, you just go. We're minority, and we're going to be increasingly. You know, you go back to the Depression, nineteen uh, thirties, and it was almost in Saskatchewan fifty fifty, mm-hmm. which means. Can you imagine if we had 50% of people living on farms right now? Like mm. some of this crap wouldn't fly. I, I mean, I just mean yeah. crap just in general. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely you, got your reference. I talk crap. You, 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 you grow up on a farm. And there's just certain things that aren't around the kitchen supper table. Like, yeah. I mean, you just don't have time for it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And now knowing that, you know, as time has gone on, the cities have grown. I mean, that, makes sense and so now the population lives and resides there which means the rules are made by cities what they don't what you're pointing to is what they don't fully understand is how they live their lives is fully developed by the other 17 percent or just a smidge under that 16 percent and that's where food come from that's where energy comes from that's where a whole lot of your life comes from natural resources basically um i I, I think uh i think one thing that's been really shocking to me throughout the course of of the pandemic here is is that there's been there's still a really severe detachment from uh the fragility of our supply chain 
Um, and we are experiencing huge, huge disruptions in our supply chain right now. And I still don't think that's hitting home to a lot of uh, a lot of urban centers of, of just going down to the to the store and being like all of a sudden like, I, well, I, I can't get, you know, a, a set of flip flops or, or a, a iPad or whatever it is that I want kind of thing. And why am I paying $50 for the steaks that were $26 yesterday kind of thing or whatever. And it's just that that, that connect is still not there. You know, the, the connection is still not there, um, which makes me wonder what's it going to take for people to just be like, okay, can we, really, can we really figure out why this, this is happening kind of thing. Right. And that's, uh, and that's boils down to a, a lot of our, a lot of our dependency on, on foreign manufacturing and whatnot and why I'm such a pro made in Canada guy. And I, I was hoping to see a, a bigger swing, which there's been a huge swing into people coming back in to try and source things made in Canada, or at least made on the North American continent or whatever kind of thing. Uh, but it's just, it's just not where I thought it would be. And I, I really hope that we can continue to work towards well, uh, Sean Newman podcast would certainly like to talk to you offline about sourcing things from Canada, because we had a discussion early on where I was like, I just don't know if I agree with you. And now where I sit, I go, I get it. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, man. Uh, yeah, I get and it. It's, yeah. And it's, it's, it's not an easy feat and and it's tough and it's expensive and there's a lot of different things, but it, it, it's, it's kind of like a, the social structure where and yet, and yet there's a, there's a pride when you throw on a QDM hat, it says made in Canada and you go, yeah, I paid some money for this, but I also paid some crap money for that. And look at the crap that China's doing in the world right now. And uh, honestly, fuck them. Yeah, straight up. And that's, uh, I may disappear it, tomorrow for saying that, but uh, I don't hey. think we will. But I mean, if we do, there's things that I'll say and disappear for and, and not think twice about it. And that would be one of them is uh, like, I am, I'm not okay with forced labor. And I am not okay with genocides and I'm not okay with communism. So um, I'm okay with saying fuck China, nothing against Chinese people uh, whatsoever, more the communist party of China. Kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So, uh, but yeah, which actually has been really cool to, you know, like to, to dive into that well and be like, okay, how much work is it to get stuff made in Canada or what's it going to cost and what's different? And a cool thing has been actually not so much in the clothing part of it because it's, it's impossible. But uh, when you get into the equipment manufacturing side of things um, I'll tell you what, man, uh, that's actually kind of renewed my faith in what we actually make in Canada for what we can do here. And uh, been a bigger reason of why I am so, so upset and have, uh, I, and I'll tell you, I, I don't hate many things, but I, I hate the government, the federal government that's running our, our country right now and what they're doing to business in Canada with, with a lot of their, uh, with a lot of their climate charges and plans. And it's, it's, it's a punitive, a punitive thing against any industry that's in Canada, uh, who is a very, very small contributor on a global scale. Uh, to greenhouse gas emissions, and I think that's a that's a that's a very poor move of our of our government to do to to punish. Let's say that we'll. I mean, S three and Swift Current. Uh, I've actually got to know a lot of people there, or whatever that that do a lot of implement manufacturing and a lot of different things right in the in the city of Swift Current uh, that are that are just being bombarded and and gouged by you know, carbon charges on natural gas, uh, that they use to run their kilns and a few different things and their forges. And 
we've got Brandt, we've got Dagelman, we've got Mandaco, we've got uh, we've got we've got so many manufacturers that are trying to make a go in Canada, where we have labor standards, where we have environmental conscious on what we do with 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 our production, and uh, we're trading that for for piss in the ocean on greenhouse gas emissions, and to try and outsource stuff to people that have no fucking labor laws, and will fucking enslave people to make computer chips and shit drives me crazy uh, i had no idea until i started looking into it kubota tractors are made in canada versatile tractors are made in canada there's a whole line of john deere swathers that are made in canada you start looking into the ag part of this stuff and i know i'm missing out a whole bunch of people and there's a whole bunch of different businesses that are doing things in canada it's tough and it's expensive, but when you actually get into it and see the people that are behind some of this stuff, look at Borgo that's in St. Brew in Saskatchewan here. They're a huge manufacturer of equipment. I, I, I am fucking proud when I start, I, I pull a bale processor highline knowing that it's made in Canada and I feel good about it knowing that I'm pulling something that was made by a Canadian here in Canada and they have a family that they're supporting. And the dollars that I paid for what I'm pulling is putting food on the table for them in a roundabout way. And I will do that every fucking day of the week. Spoiler alert. Borgo is going to be a, a sponsor in 2022. Just a shit. Really? Yeah. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Um, that's awesome. Fuck it. Okay. Let's plug Borgo then. Uh, <laughs> they, there was a guy uh, that had a Borgo drill, uh, and it was an older drill and, uh, he was actually, he had a pin that had sheared off on him and Borgo did not want to have, ha, did not have one in stock. And it was in the middle of seating and they pulled a guy off of the assembly line and had a machine, the pin that this guy fucking needed. This guy sat and waited in St. Brew for that pin. They pulled a guy off, made the fucking pin, gave it to the guy. And they were like, get back out there and get seating. I will tell you what, that is a fucking company that I will fucking push to the end of the fucking world. Because when you do something like that, you're looking after a customer that looked after you by buying it. That's what's missing from the world nowadays, buddy. Mm, that's pretty cool. I might just clip that and throw it out on social media forum. That's, <laughs> that's all right. Fuck, make sure Borgo sends me a hat or something. Jesus. <laughs> no, don't send me a hat. I've got a million hats. But um, there, there's a lot of cool guys. Fuck, Mandacos are great guys too. Uh, they actually even go as far as making sure their hoses, hydraulics, and everything are made in in Winnipeg, which is some guys will skip that step and just go with the 52% of the cost occurs within the country of Canada, which means you can label it made in Canada kind of thing. Mandaco doesn't do that. They they go, they get their their hubs and their discs and their everything. And it like that shit gets me hard, man. I fucking love that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> But I'm if starting a girl to believe... wants to talk dirty to Q, just talk <laughs> about made in Canada. Hey, is that's, that what we've yeah, learned that's right, tonight? Then. Hey? Is that what we've learned tonight? I maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If you're a lady out there that's looking for me, just start talking about how it's made in Canada, right? <laughs> well, let's wind it down here. Let's let's slide into the the crude master final Ooh, crude five. Master. Final five. Yeah, yeah. I was getting nervous on these. Oh, actually, they're they're pretty light tonight. Oh, they're pretty okay. light. Shout out to Heath and Tracy McDonald, uh, supporters of the podcast since the very beginning. Uh, we've, Thanks, Heath we've, and Tracy. We've, we've slowly twisted the final five into the final five for the fans. Okay. Oh, shit. Very cool. So we're, 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 I like we're mess- that. We're messing with it right now. So right. now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm always going to ask this question because I, I got to ask you, as time goes on, who would you sit with quick in Saskatchewan right now to pick their brain? Any which way you want it. Who? 
In Saskatchewan? Yeah. You're the Saskatchewan. You're Mr. Saskatchewan. I am. Um, I would, uh, I would sit down with uh, Ryan Miley. Ryan Miley, really? The leader of the official opposition. Oh, okay. Well, I tell you what, he got called out on last episode. So why don't I just see if I can pull that off? All right, fair enough. Sure. Okay. We all know who will be listening to that if I do. All right. Talk- <laughs> Thomas Deneau says, uh, T-bone or sirloin? Oh man. Uh, T-bone man. T-bone every day of the week. If I don't get a ribeye as a choice, I'd take a T-bone. Uh, reason, reason that I go with T-bone is, uh, everything's better with the bone in Sean. Okay. Now that we got that out of the way, honestly, when you cook any kind of meat, no matter what it is, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you see what I did there, right? Yeah. Uh, when, uh, when you cook meat with the bone in actually it keeps it a little more tender and you get a little bit of the flavor and especially with a beef is you get some of the good stuff that's in the bone that'll actually leach into your meat or whatever. You get a little bit of marrow in there and whatnot or whatever. And it's just that it, it brings the flavor up to a different level. And the other part is you get a little bit of the backstrap of your loin in, in a t-bone and then on the inside of the t-bone you get your tender line there too or whatever right so you kind of get like the best of both worlds so i liked your first answer my personal better. favorite because i you liked get your first good... answer better all right <laughs> i mean me too you know what i mean <laughs> mr marty bose wants to know if uh the mick dick is irish uh it, okay it's it's not i i do have irish in my family actually uh on my mom's side uh is is very thick thick irish descent uh but on my dad's side it's very french uh hence my last name is delorme right and if if you follow anything saskatchewan i mean there's a, a chief cadmus delorme of the calisus first nation has been a big name that's been floating around a lot and i actually have a a lot of indigenous uh like we're we're like very heavily metis on my dad's side of the family um so like with my last name being delorme uh very like much on the French slash Métis side, which doesn't make any sense because my dad being mostly French and my mom being mostly Irish, you wouldn't think that those would be two things that would collaborate kind of thing. So basically whenever we have a family reunion with both sides, we all just get drunk and beat the shit out of each other. So. Uh, the, the uh, guy who's <laughs> been, the guy who's been making appearance all through the show, 222 minutes. God damn it. Does he ever get off of this podcast? I don't think so. This would be the last time we talk about him. Yeah, you know, he's never coming back. How long has the soup strainer? I think I've asked this before, but anyways, <laughs> how long has the soup strainer been growing for? Um, I I start I started rocking this on uh, on June 1st, 2019. And I know because that was my last day employed in the oil field, and uh I I just threw out all my razors kind of thing. Um, but uh I I I keep it at this length. This I this gotta is be honest, I think you've been trimming it though. I feel I, like I, you've been grooming it. Because I, totally I think have. I think if we went back and I took pictures of all the interviews, in the beginning you looked like a homeless man, and now <laughs> you kind of look like you got it together. Okay, okay, you know have what? You been, was... Have you been paying for somebody to, to to deal with your beard? There's there's only one person that's allowed to touch it, and her name's Mandy Helgeson. Uh, oh shit! I, well, whatever. I, I said her name. I don't think anybody's gonna know who she is, anyways. But uh, but she she's at the talk of the town in in Foam Lake and. Her brother's got a, her whole family's got huge beards and she's the only one I trust to touch this beard. Um, but yeah, eventually it gets to the point where like there was a whole pizza talk on Twitter, I think, or whatever. But I mean, it's just, 
you got to keep your mouth available so that it's just, if, if you let the stash go down everything gets to a mess. It's, it's so yeah, I got somebody that looks after it because I can't, I'm not capable of doing it myself and I get trimmed up once a year, whether I need it or not. So, well, but, then your uh, final, your final one from two on minute before you go to this one, I got to talk for two more seconds about the beard. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> no, no Coming more beard up. talk. Coming up, because I want to give everybody the heads up on this. Uh, I'm going to be teaming up with uh, Greg Ottenbreit at a, at a Yorkton, and, and we are going to do a thing for Close Cuts for Kids. I believe we're going to do it this spring and summer, uh, where I'm actually going to be putting my beard on the line uh, for cancer research. Uh, and we're going to do two pages. It's not going to be one to donate to it. I'm going to be calling it uh, Save It or Shave It. So you can donate to page one if you want to keep Quick Dick's beard, and you can donate to page two if you want to. We'll see make sure we're putting some money and get that thing shaved off. I don't know what you're gonna look like bald on the front. Like I mean, I, I, I've got a little dimple in my chin. Just a just a warning. Here's your final one. All right. I, you know, 2020 sucks. That's what that's what the handle is. You know, I yeah I can't okay. make this up. He says, how do you stay positive during an authoritarian takeover? Um, I guess I don't refer to it as an authoritarian takeover. Uh, straight up, I, uh, I, I look for ways to be able to make other people laugh is actually, and, and I mean, it's maybe even, I don't know if I'd call it a crutch, but it, it's kind of turned into a little bit of crutch of mine of what I use. If I have something that's that's got me upset and um, I'm not happy with it, and it's been the easiest thing, especially with equipment breakdowns and a bunch of different things that happen, I'll find myself with a blown turbo line on a combine, and uh, all of a sudden I'll be I'll be like mad, I'll, and I'll catch myself. I'll be like I'm in a really bad frame of fucking mind here right now, and all of a sudden I'll come up with a little rhyme in my head to be like uh, something about a turbo line, turbo line, and before you know it, I've got an entire sea shanty put together called Farming in Saskatchewan that started off with me blowing a fucking turbo line on a 9770, and I'll be like, I'll just show a whole bunch of shit that's all fucked up in my day and try and make people laugh about it, and uh, and that will in turn make me feel good about it. I just you, tur- you I, turn the bad into good. Is that what you're saying? I, 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 I find what upsets me. And I try and spin it and make it funny and make it relatable and put it to other people is what I do. And that's going to be actually my next, uh, my next upload here or whatever, which I'm going to do one more before Christmas, hopefully on Wednesday, I think, depending on how things go. And it's going to be super fun. And uh, it just started off with one thing that was fucked up. And I was like, nope, this doesn't need to be fucked up. We can make it funny and everybody can have fun with it. So yeah. Hope that well, answers the question. thank you, Q. Thank you to the quick Dick Mick Dick for uh, my, stopping in. My pleasure is always Sean, man. Thanks for having me. And yeah, it's a, a, I, I will not bypass you next time I come through your stomping grounds. Okay. You're fucking better not. <laughs> you do that again and you're going to have to like, you're not going to sleep at night. I'm just throwing I, it I, I totally understand. And I to get the it. Powers it be. If quick Dick McDick goes missing, you should probably search his travel log and see if he went through Lloyd Minster. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> I always good, always good chatting with you, Mister Man. All the best to you and the, and the family and the holidays and whatnot. Yes, and, as well uh, to you. We'll yep. catch you in a pretty in a pretty new year here, Ray Shortly. Eh? Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Quick. Appreciate right, it. Take care, man. Hey, folks. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe. Believe me, it helps. 
And I want you fine folks to check out the new website, SeanNewmanPodcast.com. I want to know what you think. Hit me up uh, via the text line in the in the show notes or uh, on social media. Either way, it's cool. And finally, if you want to support the podcast, make sure to check out the Patreon account. It also is in the show notes. Anything you guys do for me, I do truly appreciate. Now, we will ca- uh, catch you guys Wednesday, all right? Until then.